five, four, three, two, one. Stand by for action. Welcome to Tank Riot. This is episode 128, where we discuss all things Jerry Anderson and super marionation. Mm. I am Sputnik. With me, as always, is Victor. Tank Riot is go! <laughs> and Tor. Hi there. Baby. I used to, you know, I actually, I think I mentioned that in one of our other podcasts that I actually put that. Yeah, in my um, stationery. Oh yeah, yeah. I would like I would like dick with my office stationery. You know, I uh-huh. mean for, for your your email stationery. Right, right. Okay. So I would put like, you know, I would I would sign things fab, or mm-hmm. or uh, one time I had you know my name and my title, and then I put like uh, was it uh, NIMR. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Nelson Institute for Marine Research, you know, from Voyage oh, of the Bottom yeah, of the Sea. Yes. And, um, people, so then a couple of smart asses figured it out, so I had to stop doing it. But it was like, oh, what, are you in flying sub? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Me and David Hedison. I didn't know, like, you know, FAB means other things, but apparently that FAB just means fabulous. Yeah. You know, but, you, well, you know, FAB is like frequency something and recorded, you know, it's... International Rescue. Yeah. <laughs> they made up a lot of weird acronyms like oh, they that did. throughout the whole They totally did. Series. Anyway. Well, for yeah. the but first, I was wondering if you gentlemen had been following the debates. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, me too. Yes. Yeah. I hate to say it's it. Soul but crushing. The, the vice the vice presidential debate was actually the most interesting mm-hmm. of the three. I guess there's gonna be a final presidential debate. Yeah. But okay, this is what I found the most interesting. So so with the first presidential debate I mean, Obama clearly did not have his A game on. Well, I, you know, yeah. I, it could have been altitude sickness for all I know. I mean, cough medicine. I don't he know. He was really, yeah, he was really out it, of it. it. It was something, but he didn't do well. No, he didn't at yeah. all. And then, so the second one then is you know town hall format, which is stupid. They they treated the moderator like crap too. It was really strange. Well, Lear was like such a tool. He just he didn't do anything at right, the first debate. But it was Crowley the. Uh, the yeah. woman who was moderating the second one who was... Oh, the vice presidential debate. She was actually... Oh, th- 
She was fantastic. She was great. No, I was thinking about because a moderator shouldn't just you know make sure that you're hitting the time marks and everything, but they should also call you on the fact that you're not actually answering the question given. Right. Yeah. And and that that she was very engaged, and you know, um, it just reflects how dead journalism really is. And oh, I, I yeah. think it was John Stewart yeah. that pointed out how yeah. fantastic it was to see real journalism happening at the debate. <laughs> exactly. And she's a, she was a great moderator, but the yeah. other moderator who got stuck with this town hall format oh. and all this crazy info fighting about you went over my time no you're over my time no, no you you're shut on my up. time no you shut up no <laughs> yeah and then all, this, all this time was wasted on all that back and i'm forth. not touching you, <laughs> you yeah. do not cross this line Potsy. <laughs> come on i'll give you a free one right here <laughs> yeah oh. yeah but i'd rather see that than uh just the dull you know head falling back drooling falling asleep kind of yeah. debate well, that the first that one was anyway i mean i really did you guys catch the yeah the front line that they had about the two candidates and they oh, like, went into it. their whole lives and warts and all. It was pretty fascinating. Romney was essentially you know, pretty much just what he looks like, a patrician asshole born on third base, thought he had a triple. Right, right. But and, you know, so he, you know, he's a consultant management MBA type who's just, you know, going to do whatever to further the agenda. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, OK, big deal. With Obama, it was it was pretty interesting. I mean, there was a lot of things I'm sure are probably fairly well known, but just to kind of string it all together about his early life and you know, his mother was somewhat of a bohemian and mm-hmm. and uh married this Kenyan man right. and who was Obama's father and then he just like disappeared. Well, and, there was that really weird comment made in the debate about a two-parent household and a child needs two parents because it'll stop gun violence or something. Oh, and, sure. and then there's Barack Obama you yeah. know, with a single mother. You know, yeah. How much better could he do <laughs> right. than president of the United States? It was interesting. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. Well, yeah. And then, and then uh, she married this um, Indonesian man and they moved to Jakarta. And then she had another child by him. And then she sent him back to be raised by the grandparents in Hawaii. And what was interesting was when he was in high school, you know, he, he, he was a member of this uh, group called the Chum Gang. Mm-hmm. And, and they were dopers. I mean, Chum, Chum is pot. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And so, and then in his yearbook, he was like thanking the Chum Gang, every, <laughs> and then somebody else, and Jay for all the really good times. And Jay was the dealer that the Chum Gang went to get dope from. And I just yeah. thought, Good for you, man. And he's actually—he's actually the uh, better choice for president that we have this time around too. Which, well, you know, know, it's pathetic. It's really interesting. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That was it. Well, okay. So it took master (laughs) manipulators to take George H. W. Bush and put a cowboy hat on him and make him look folksy when he's a northern Republican and make right. him look all folksy and change yeah. the way right. he talks. And, and he did it, and it worked, and he became president, and it started the whole Bush dynasty. But then this guy, you, you can't put a cowboy hat on Mitt Romney and make him look like a normal no. human being. The guy is just, yeah, you're right, born on third base, and I, I don't think he identifies with people really well at all. No, I mean, <clears throat> in, one, oh, yeah. in one way, I would say that I, I almost – find that uh, video that was taken by Mother Jones uh, at that May fundraiser where he was talking about the 47% and everything. I almost found that refreshing because it's, it's like, you know that this is how he truly feels. And mm-hmm. and frankly, I mean, I don't give him kudos for feeling that way because obviously you have to represent everybody. But it's nice when a douchebag actually doesn't try to piss down your back and sell you an umbrella. 
Yeah. It's like, I really he, don't care about half of you. Both <laughs> Ryan and Romney really come across as used car salesmen. Oh. I mean, they're just but And that's what's interesting. Greasy. It's, it's hard to believe that that would sell to middle America or to the middle class or the middle class Republican section that is going to vote for him. It's, right. I think it really must be a hold their nose and vote for him because I, could, I, I can understand not voting for Obama because of some things that have happened. But I can't understand pulling a, a lever for Romney. Because you're upset at Obama. I just don't think he has any appeal. Well, you know, the women's vote yeah. is swinging toward Romney, which I find just unbelievable. I mean, if you if and, and Ryan doesn't even care for the codicil of, you know, in case of rape, incest right, or anything right. else. It's like, really? <laughs> yeah. Holy Ned. Thank you. Another another shining example of Scotty Nation. I love watching him wash the dishes on video. That was really, oh, really that, a yes. hard clip to make it through. God, damn. yeah, but that, and, and well, and those were actually clean dishes. That it. That, Did you catch the way when if you watch the video, he tries to angle the dish so you can't see from you the can't camera? See that it's, it's, completely, that it's completely clean. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to touch something by some filthy porpoise. Yeah, I guess it was like a oh, St. Vincent's de Paul store or, or not store, but a, like a soup kitchen, and right. and he just kind of talked his way in there, and they brought in the cameras and they grabbed some dishes and that were already clean and cleaned them for a good photo op. Oh, yeah. I mean that that that's and and that's typical Ryan. That's everything he yeah. does oh, is that, that way. Eddie Munster, widow's peak, and those fucking chimp cardor ears. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Well, you well, know it's interesting that the race has gotten closer, and obviously all the media are, are thrilled about this because it means there's more tension. There's more you know people watching the media, watching uh, you know the CNNs and the Fox News and that kind of thing, but. I, I can't believe it's even close. I mean, I think I well, think I mean Biden really made Ryan look like a little boy who had just sort of you know came to the game late. Well, they did some really boy. sneaky things there too, where they were like talking about the person that died in the accident, and mm-hmm. here's Biden's you know wife and daughter died in an accident. Right. They're trying to I think put him off his game that right. way, and that's just evil, evil well, you, sportsmanship. Because if you yeah. piss Joe off, like he was, I remember once he was at this. Um, he was interviewing, I don't know, one of the Joint Chiefs of Staff or something. He was trying to get some information about Afghanistan or mm-hmm. Iraq or something. He said, you know, I've got... he said, just answer the question. So, like, when he loses his temper, he really loses. And I'm sure that's what they were trying to do is pimp yeah. him enough that he would, you know, uh-huh. lose it. But, oh, my God, Biden did everything except, you know, like, give him a noogie and a tit twister. It's like, <laughs> aren't you cute? Mm-hmm. Aren't you darling? But, you know, here, he, Biden's <laughs> been doing a good job, and I... I know he's been made fun of quite a bit, but I really like the guy. He came to play. He I did. You know? Did. And the town hall meeting, that was yeah. just embarrassing. I was just waiting for some old bag to stand up and talk about filling a pothole Every on the street. Every question's or a horrible yeah. softball. Well, y- Mr. Ababa. Y- you know, though, um, after the town hall meeting, the presidential town hall meeting, I, I flipped over to Fox News. Oh, God. I've been, I was and, been doing that, too. <laughs> yeah. and, and I picked up just a little bit of Sean Hannity. Oh, and, Setting Irish and Americans back 150 yeah. years. He 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 flipped over. He he was like lying through his teeth. He said, uh, "It's what he does best." He said, "Catherine Crawley uh, uh, recanted her statement about when Obama said act of terrorism or whatever." Right. You know. So I go over to CNN and I'm looking for this recantment. It's not there. No. She didn't recant it. I mean, he mm. just outright lied. And then they they moved to this other guy that was doing a. Um, you know, interview the average American kind of panel thing. And they had all these people sitting there and they'll, and they were asking him questions and, oh my word, these were the biggest 
dumbest trailer trash people you could ever find. I mean, they were like, well, I like Romney because he's going to help the job creators. <laughs> you know, and it's like, <laughs> you, you just, I mean, you, you, I'm you, aware that spells mood. I'm yeah. aware. I mean, <laughs> the, they found a group of people that they could totally brainwash. Oh, sure. And just to agree with them. And it's this weird, weird. Well, it's like the same jizz buckets yeah. that listen to Rush Limbaugh. You know, they just yeah. wait on, you know, every day for three hours just to say, oh, mega diddles, Rush, you're just the greatest. You you know, it doesn't matter yeah. if there's any thought to it. It's just like, yeah. oh, no, you're you're telling me what I want to well, hear. We've talked about the think tanks. We've talked about the media. We've talked about how the, the Republicans yeah. are a message system and they deliver the same message. Oh, yes, they do. Everybody does. Everybody over at Fox says exactly what they're told. You know, if Roger Ailes says, say this, then they say they that. Say it. it goes all the way down to Rush and then it goes all the way to the ditto heads and across the community. And it's amazing. If you know Republicans, right. they'll come up to you with the exact sentence that they heard from Rush or Fox or both. And it's just crazy. And it I think really that, that was part of Romney's problem in the town hall debate. He was stating things as fact that he thought was fact because right. he probably was listening to Fox News. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> and, and here he got you know, essentially hosed by his own propaganda. Well, some of the things Obama was saying at the town hall meeting kind of bothered me more, like about, you know... I'm like, for coal. I did a lot of drilling. I've I've actually opened up a lot of <laughs> public lands for drilling. It's like, you dick! <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but at least he's, you know, with all this pro-coal thing he's talking, I mean, the Romney campaign has talked about just shutting down, you know, subsidies for wind and solar and just shutting down. Right. You know, the free market will take care of it if, if solar is going to work. The invisible hand of the market. <laughs> and Rand will do it from her grave. I mean, I mean, yeah. sorry. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty. This this kind of ties in with the, um, I, I watched Coke. Cook Brothers Exposed. I, That's a great I, documentary. I, did I get the title right? Mm-hmm. Yes, you did. Yeah. And, and, and it's a great documentary. Um, but and, and it really lays down how, how they... Uh, They're everywhere. ...fund the think tanks and the... Uh, Talk uh, about Social Security the, being bankrupt yeah, and they do like everything. 30 papers a yeah, year. Yeah. And, and then and then you know how they had that one school and they were trying to essentially segregate. Yeah, they're trying to resegregate the South. <laughs> resegregate. It's like, oh my God, Let's really? Separate the blacks and the whites and <laughs> just yeah. like the little rascals, they couldn't show it in, in the South because not because anything they were doing, it was just because Buckwheat Farina and we're in the same classroom with Spanky and Elf. Oh, Alpha. yeah, they played together. We don't want that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wish for something. Buckwheat <laughs> has been shot. I repeat. <laughs> <laughs> peace, peace. <laughs> the, uh, so that got me thinking. I think we need to start developing our own uh, tank riot economic plan. And uh, here we go. Uh, part of the aspects we should investigate is, one, uh, lowering the retirement age or the eligibility age for Social Security. Okay. So, um, and the idea behind that, if, if you lower the retirement age, uh, more people retire, which frees up more jobs sure. that the younger people can there take. You go. Didn't and, Greece try this? And your unemployment rate goes down. Isn't this what they did in Greece? Well... No, Greece was extensive austerity programs. Greece... And it, a lot of dancing. It, it, it was... Uh, <laughs> More Uzo. <laughs> Greece is the word. Greece tried to do a lot of things that the Republicans want to do, which is why they failed. Mm. Um, and, and then, uh, now to, of course, that'll cost more money if we lower the retirement age. So what we want to do is uh, remove the cap on the Social Security tax. Sure. Right now, I think it's uh, $250,000. Uh, once you make more than that, you no longer have to pay Social Security 
tax. That's but bullshit. we could we could yeah. So essentially, it's a regressive tax that hits the poor people the hardest. Right. So we could take the cap off that forty seven percent. I just don't care about yeah. right. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, he's government ta- handouts. And he's talking about freeloaders. Well, so am I. <laughs> also, and so are they actually. Capital gains. Uh, so, so if you make money from dividends and that, you don't have to pay social security tax on that. Mm-hmm. So we could throw the social security tax on the capital gains. And um, so we have plenty of money to pay the new retirees. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I don't know. What are they afraid of? Do they think like all the rich people will just leave? I mean, they've already left, more, yeah. more or less. No, I no. Mean, they are the rich people, and they're afraid they're going to have to pay more taxes on their oh, capital gains. That's too bad. That's what they're scared of. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Not easy being Hulk mega said, rich. Dweep. <laughs> <laughs> so that that that's the start of a, a work. This will be a working concept. We'll work through this, uh, but we'll we'll start the tank ride economic plan. See I would like a five year plan that involves the death of millions too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll we'll try not to keep have Sputnik in charge of this plan. <laughs> nice. I want something harsh and Stalinist. It's got to be a five year plan. <laughs> <laughs> so. On another note, also, I, I do want to say before we move on to a real topic, I did manage to catch the film Looper, and I truly, awesome. truly enjoyed it. And Sputnik, Loved you it. saw it as well? Yes. I'm assuming, Tori, you haven't seen that one, right? I have not seen Looper. Okay. It's really good. Yeah, it, it's right up there in maybe my top 10 time travel films. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if I could travel back to our time travel episode, <laughs> I might include this one in the Looper. pantheon. And we might do that someday. Yes, yes we might. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and create a paradox. Yeah, I, actually, I, I was a little bit stunned watching the movie at how, you know, brilliantly and well laid out. It was, I mean, everyone's probably seen the movie if they're excited about it now anyway. But boy, was it a great film. And, and Ryan Johnson, it's only his third movie. And he's just, this is a really great film. And uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He a, was as the young fantastic. Bruce Willis. It was creepy how he was channeling Bruce Willis. It was the way he was doing the voices and oh my god, the way he talked. Like I mean, Bruce the makeup Willis. at first was kind of off putting because you knew who he was and everything, what he really looks like. Yeah, he had a couple of carpets over his eyes, <laughs> <laughs> but he, he had the mannerisms down so beautifully. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it reminded me of uh, Rob Lowe doing um, um, that hockey player. No, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. You know, in, in Austin Powers, uh, oh, number, number two. two. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, but yeah. I was trying to think of who's, you know, RJ. Oh, right, uh, right, right. Um, oh. Heart to heart. Uh, yep, yep. Uh, Robert. Robert. Let's just call him Bob. Bob. I mean, it's the same thing. It just, it was like so good. It was Wagner. almost creepy. Robert Wagner. Bob Wagner. Robert okay. Wagner. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It was great. Yeah, it was it was a very good film. And uh, Moonrise Kingdom came out on mm-hmm. DVD this week, and I love Wes Anderson movies, and this one is a very good one. So. I, I don't know if it needed it, but <clears throat> Looper, it was really interesting, that nod to Akira and the whole TK phenomenon. Yes. I totally noticed it and felt it and thought, well, that's kind of cool, but yeah. it, it didn't feel like it needed to have that. But it was interesting anyway. Not really, but it was a nice, nice, you know... Yeah. Nod. And I've heard some people say, well, you know, if, if something happens to you when you're young and when you're old, uh, you're going to have known that have happened all the time. But, you know, when people are getting parts cut off of them and things right. like, like horrible things were happening, I found that it was really fascinating how they dealt with it. And I thought it was yeah. very, very interesting. I was thinking about that film for days after I saw it. Oh, me too. I, I heard some people um, at work kind of whining that it was too timey-wimey. Right. And it's like, come on, suck it up. Right, right. You know, it's one of the few time travel films that really I felt 
needed the diagramming that I found on the internet afterward because Primer is my favorite time travel film that deserves oh. all the graphing that you need. Oh my god! If you've seen that laid out in graph, film, I, it's I watched fantastic. it like five times. And I still had questions. Right. Speaking of questions, Prometheus came out in DVD. <laughs> I will not be watching that. I will not be yeah. watching it either. <laughs> I say good day. I said good day. <laughs> yeah. Well, so anyway, speaking of movies, uh, the wife and I went out to see Argo. Ooh, oh, how and, is that? And uh, well, was time travel back to the 70s. I hear it's a great science What'd you hear? I heard it was a great science fiction film, Argo. <laughs> it Argo <laughs> was kind of a great science fiction film, but actually, it, no, it, it's a great movie. It's about the Iran hostage crisis mm-hmm. and uh, starring Ben Affleck uh, and his beard, um, which I think is a good ad- addition. I think he needs a beard. but And the 70s yeah. hair. 70s yeah, hair, hair. Yeah. 70s glasses people have. Awesome. It, it's all it's 70s, 70s, 70s. I mean, it takes place in the 1980s, too, but it's so early 80s. It's really all 70s. Mm. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? South Park, the new South Parks, there was one where um, some Butters or Cartman or whoever, you know, and they've always been like really slamming Ben Affleck. And he said, OK, Ben Affleck was good in Argo. Damn it. I said it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like a total yeah, non-secondary. Yeah. had like nothing to do with the rest nice. of the show. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it was a really good movie. I, I recommend it. Um, and it ties into our episode 41 on Iran. And uh, oh, and the Coach Brothers exposed. Um, that ties into Coke. Coke. Coke Brothers exposed. Right. Yes. I know that. Um, <laughs> Catch. <laughs> that that ties into episode one hundred and five that we did on think tanks. Okay. Yeah. So we've tied uh, that completely w- around. Yeah. I mean, really, tying in. they've had their hands in so many yeah. think tanks. I mean, just yeah. the Heritage Foundation alone. The impact that they have, but I mean, they've just gone, you know, the Cato Institute. Yeah, and just keep I, going. And I going think and they going. even had their hands in the, I think it's Democratic Leadership Council or Legislative Council or something like that or committee. It's DLC, <laughs> the Committee for Public Safety. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> you have an yeah. innocuous name, but yes. they're actually just executioners. <laughs> anyway, it, it was a. I'd call it the Freedom Council. It was an organization <laughs> that established a kind of right wing Democrats, and uh, which assisted in the whole discussion of politics moving to the right Mm -hmm. since the 1990s through today. Oh, yeah, the rise of the neocons. Yeah, yeah. Well, the reformation of the neocons, yeah. It, in theory, helped Bill Clinton get elected, but it encouraged all the most conservative aspects of Bill Clinton to happen. You you know, if they change that amendment that, you know, you could run for more than two two terms. (laughs) He'd be in. Bill would be so in. He's one of the best public speakers around. He just... crazy. He, I mean, when they gave him a shot to speak at the... Um, at the convention, God, he just about wet himself. It was fan- It was a fantastic speech. It was. Yeah. I mean, it was. It was a good speech. It reminded yeah. you, wow, this guy was really presidential and just smart. He was. A oh, good yeah. speech. I know he really yeah. pisses people off, but man, he was smart. yeah. I but, mean, I didn't vote for the man either mm-hmm. time. I have to admit, but I mean, the, he's he's probably the president I would most like to have a beer with. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. I, I heard I, someone make the anal- analogy that. You know, there can't be giant government conspiracies like about 9-11, which we're always talking about, because the government couldn't even cover up a blowjob in the White House. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. Or, you know, or if you look at it this way, the Lance Armstrong. Oh, my be- God. Business. It's like, yeah. OK, first off, to do that one time yeah. would have been like more than enough. But then to just do it seven times yeah. and think that nobody is going to say shit. 
Yeah. I yeah. got to put a plug in that anyone who's upset about the steroid use by Lance Armstrong should watch the film we talked about in our professional wrestling uh, episode, Bigger, Faster, Stronger, More, is yeah. a fascinating documentary about how steroids are used, why they're used, and why steroids are probably misunderstood by the general public. That's I true. can't recommend that enough. Yeah. But but it is, yeah. Yeah. But Lance was into some pretty exciting Lance was shit. Into some, I mean, he was doing well, maskers. Lance knew and, that oh. he was breaking the laws yeah. and the rules, yeah. and he knew he was doing something wrong. The idea is that steroids themselves are vilified to a degree that's unjustified, but well, no, Lance they, was they breaking all the rules. They actually have medical healing yeah. right. properties, right. which and is the, why people use them. The problem is, I don't know if they can really declare any winner for those Tour de France, uh, be, because a lot of the cyclists were using stuff. Right, and uh, I I think they just need to give him a you know a participant badge. But I mean, you, you know, but I mean, <laughs> or finisher. The yeah. Tour de France. I mean, can you yeah. honestly say you've sat down and watched a whole Tour de France? Well, ever oh, since no we way. did our episode of Recumbent yeah. Bicycles, where we looked at how they they hobbled the Tour de France into only a certain type of bike that only right. rides a certain way. Yeah. I mean, it, it slows everyone down. I mean, if they were allowed to ride any kind of bike, make it a period. bike race. Make it a real yeah, bike race. A real bike yeah, race. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever with two wheels, you paddle it. Whoever gets here first wins. Yeah. I mean, none of these rules about all the different I mean, shape of the frame and all that. There's yeah, something about yeah. the Tour de France that, you know, right. it's just kind of uh-huh. effete and bouge and <laughs> I don't know. It's like the only time I, I really enjoy watching is when the guy in the middle of the pack falls down. <laughs> takes down 10 other people with him. <laughs> I get the biggest kick out of that. Yeah. Or when they're going up the Pyrenees, it's just like, really, dude? Yeah. <laughs> All I can say is Cheryl Crow dodged a bullet. Oh, <laughs> no. Divorcing that guy. Shit. Yeah. Well, I don't I think like, they ever Whoa. married. I mean, they were oh, just no, together. No, yeah. no, but they, they were just they dating. Were seri- well, yeah, but they were pretty serious. Very serious dating, oh. yeah. I mean, I don't think it had anything to do with maybe what she knew or didn't know. I think he was just kind of an asshole. Maybe. You yeah. know? Yeah. And kind of like uh, um, Jimmy when he was taking steroids on South Park. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy was trying to tell, no, 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 uh, Jimmy. <laughs> uh, drugs are bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I wanted to say one other thing that I thought was, oh, actually two things, but I can't remember the other one. But so I'll, I'll mention this one. I just bought the the Humble ebook bundle. Have you guys heard of that? I have not. So I was interested in... Uh, well, I was listening to This Week in Tech, and I heard Cory Doctorow on it and talking about this this book bundle where you can get you know six or eight books depending on how much money you paid uh, for this bundle of ebooks, and you just pay whatever you feel the books are worth to you, and and then you get uh, all these books downloadable content with no DRM, completely DRM free. No shit. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool. But what, what was exciting was. Neil Gaiman had a little graphic signal to noise is in there by Neil Gaiman. Nice. Yeah. And uh, it's all in this really awesome format for iPads and other tablet readers. And Very it's cool. an ebook. And so um, uh, John Scalzi has got a book in there. And uh, Cory Doctorow's Pirate Cinema is in there, his latest young adult uh, novel. Mm-hmm. And uh, five other authors that I hadn't heard of, but was like, oh, all right, send them my way. And I downloaded all eight titles. And then I got an. Uh, update that there were more books available, so I went wow. back and they added more Send to the me bundle. That link. I would yeah, really... well, it, it's going to end probably before you hear about this, but I, I just think people should keep your eyes out for the humble ebook bundles. Um, they're going to do more oh, of them, I'm sure. And, and oh, so it's, it's, it's only a time like a... frame. Oh, through I'm what organization sure. was this? I have no idea. I mean, was it through one of the 
booksellers like Amazon or Barnes and Noble? No, or? no, no, no. It's a so, completely. If you type in "humble ebook bundle," it'll take you okay. right to right. Uh, in a Google search. That'll okay. take you right there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, but uh, Corey Doctorow's got his book in there, and I was excited because I wanted to get that for the Viking Princess, who's a fan. I am as well. So. Uh, oh yeah, I am as well too. Um, yeah. So anyway, check it out. It's it's a really cool way to get a book. You can choose how much of your money goes to either a charity or to the authors or to the people who run the humble ebook bundle. So it, it's just a very slick web design, a really good way to get a bunch of ebooks. So my uh, my iPad was really light on having books to read in it. I'm mm. always reading physical books, and I thought, well, this is a great way to start my book collection and have some books to read whenever I want. So anyway. Thought I'd mention it because it was super cool. I just remember the other thing I was going to mention is that uh, I heard that Fox News is actually banned in Canada because of the wow. misinformation that it does. So, wow. Oh, nice. I've heard that Fox, if you're in, in Canada and I'm wrong, I've heard that you don't get Fox News up there because of uh, the misinformation that it spreads he and that it's a propaganda bastards. machine. Wow. I was like, holy cow, that's fantastic. <laughs> Good job, Canada. Yeah. <laughs> that would shift the whole political American climate of the United States <laughs> if it was... Very, it just got cut off. <laughs> America's yeah. very democratic hat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and now we can begin <laughs> the opening of the market. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Jerry Anderson and Super Marionation. <laughs> Now, I have to say, first off, that I grew up with Jerry Anderson shows, mm-hmm. and they, they were like my one of my all-time favorite shows. I never missed the Thunderbirds or Captain Scarlet or you know any of those. So those are the ones that I I, I primarily watched. So I'm uh-huh. younger. I'm probably I'm the youngest in the on the team, and uh, so <laughs> I, I can only catch these rarely. So mm-hmm. it was harder for me in my youth to hit these because they, right. they weren't always the reruns didn't work the way they did and it was british so it you know it did, it kind of disappeared cuz it, right. it was weird american yeah. television in the in the 60s and 70s they they would occasionally get like for instance like you, you would get you maybe got speed racer or um oh god what was the other one with the yeah. giant robot um it was like speed racer oh, I, I just can't think of it g-force G G Force was awesome. I love G Force. Yeah, I love yeah. the Konami animation. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but they they would kind of come and then they would disappear, and you never mm. really saw or heard. Yeah, from them right. Again. You didn't know why. Well, I remember mm. Speed Racer. I could never oh. figure out what it was on, but when I happened upon a Speed Racer, I was just like, Oof. "Oh yeah, there we go." I was yeah. a huge Racer X fan. Once I started yeah. driving, yeah. people started calling me Speed Racer <laughs> because of the way I drove. <laughs> so it was they didn't call me Speed Racer or uh, Mario Andretti. <laughs> so I, I had a couple nicknames based on nobody my probably even knows who Mario Andretti is now anymore. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> he was always the guy who did the STP commercials. Yeah. I thought the Speed Racer movie was pretty good, too. I loved yeah. it. Yeah, I thought they did a good job bringing it back, getting the feel, doing some of the goofy things. Doing live Speed action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fun. I think it was one of those that, the you know, the Wachowski brothers just didn't get as much attention. Right, right. Uh, it was, yeah. I think it got attention, but it was there. Everyone was expecting some kind Matrix of or, major epic. Yeah, I, 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 they shouldn't have because there were three Matrix films, if we all remember. One of which was awesome. 
Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> the other people works. shouldn't have had high expectations. Okay. Blah for blah Speed blah. Racer. I want the machines to kill you now. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> You're just whining. Once we got to that hippie jungle beat like dance uh, party, I was like, really? That's the future? I know. It's like a fucking rave <laughs> in a cave. Rave in a cave. <laughs> Thanks, Matrix. <laughs> After a while, I mean, and especially when they would get to the you know like pseudo philosophy about the you know oh, architect. God. And, just shut up. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Let's just watch Trinity. <laughs> More Trinity. Less, less blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and Trinity when she's in the Matrix and wearing the little cat suit. Yeah, it's not out of the sh- Matrix, not at the rave. Wearing their <laughs> shitty sweatshirts. Yeah. Not all greasy Das Boot in their little <laughs> flying machine. Sorry. So, oh, man. Okay, so you got to see these live. That's kind of cool. Well, not, yeah. not, not live. <laughs> live. It was right there in the studio. Super duper marionation. <laughs> That's cool. But, I mean, the, the toys were so cool. And, yeah. I mean, they, they were just made for, for the toy market, but mm-hmm. oh, it yeah. never really materialized in the U.S., which I was just bitter about because, uh, you know, the, like, like, for instance, in the movie Thunderbirds Are Go, you know, they're putting together the Mars mission, uh-huh. and it's not like a ship. It's like sections of a ship oh, that's yeah. like laboriously put together. This, this is like is porn for nine-year-old boys. Yeah. It was. It totally was. And then it would slowly open the door, and like 10 minutes later, I would st- wheel the thing out. I still love that, though. Oh, my God. It's I know, like, I know. It's like real life, man. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah. They didn't roll the space shuttle out in like a minute, you know. Right. Right. When yeah. they put the Mars ship together, though, there was like pieces of it. It's like, what does that do? There's another yeah. thing we're going to add on to it. like extra parts. Yeah. We, we need kind of a funnel on it. Oh, you know, speaking of which, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I have to kind of just sidetrack a little bit. I don't know if you guys watched it on Discovery Channel when that guy did that jump. The, mm. the skydive? No. They showed oh, it live. Oh, yeah. Felix I saw it on YouTube. I wanted to just puke. I was on YouTube for that, yeah. You know, I wanted to puke once I saw his helmet cam. That oh, was the video that really made me go, holy spin? God, like, that spin would have killed me. <laughs> That's, if I was in that suit, it would be so full of puke and shit, it wouldn't even be funny. Drown in your own. Don't unscrew that helmet. I know. <laughs> it's going to be bad. <laughs> yeah, no, I watched it. I thought it was really a fantastic, you know, really cool thing. When, he, when they showed the camp where they're like looking past his feet and it's completely cloudless, it's just a straight goddamn drop. Yeah. Like, I'm going home now. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he's like, you know, and he's wearing a spacesuit because so you kind of think, oh, he's going to kind of drift a little bit, maybe. No, he's dropping like a hammer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, gone. this sucks. <laughs> yeah, it was, fan- it was pretty fantastic. Yeah, it's not like Looney Tunes where they. You know, <laughs> hang in the air, look down, and then they drop. <laughs> went straight down. <laughs> I mean, he was just moving. He was already like out of the camera view and like no time. And I'm thinking, so I mean, what, to me, is what would it have been like when you broke the sunbury? Were you were you aware of it, mm-hmm. or did did anyone hear it, or you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also was wondering why he pulled a shoot when he did because. Uh, you know, did the did the because there's atmospheric pressure in case he loses consciousness, so the shoot will go automatically. But you'd think there would be some kind of stopwatch to tell him that you were going to break the free fall record, and that if I were him, I wouldn't have pulled my shoot until I was damn sure I broke the free fall record. 
right. which, which apparently he didn't, I don't think. No, he didn't. He so, didn't. He popped it too early. Yeah, but. but I was like, did he pop it or did it automatically pop because of the atmosphere no, no. pressure got so high that the chute automatically I, opened I, I would guess that it, it popped because of the pressure because yeah. I think he probably would have. I mean, because he, he was planning yeah. for this for five years. Yeah, he you'd definitely, think he'd have a plan. To, yeah. Or he uh-huh. might have done it just to maybe stabilize the spin. I right. right. Or it right. could have been. I really want to live. Let's yeah, get that yeah. shoot before well, I forget. This isn't as fun as I thought it would be. <laughs> we were really wondering, you know, is this guy going to make it oh, know, yeah. down? Because that's kind of a risky. Because if, like, if you would have like pile drived, yeah, that, <laughs> that would have been just nasty. That would have left a bruise. Yeah. Oh god! I saw I saw a picture on the internet already that had the Mars Curiosity rover saying. Oh, you landed something on your own planet? That must have been hard. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, this is kind of what uh, Yuri Gargarian did on his uh, first space mission. Right. Because they didn't land the capsule at that time. He just jumped out. Probably not that high, though. No. But no. still. Oh, my God, though. Can you imagine? <laughs> Jeez. Balls of steel, that guy. Oh, no doubt. Felix no doubt. and Yuri. That's, That's pretty right. cool. Absolutely. Yeah. So... Uh, growing up with, with the Thunderbirds and Captain Scarlet, I just, I just love the machinery and, mm-hmm. you know, just the whole, so, the, you know, it was always like a little weird when you first started watching the episode, you know, it's like, oh yeah, they're puppets. But then after a while you, you like, don't really notice it. Yeah, you seriously yeah. have to get past that curve. <laughs> it's like, okay, uh-huh. they're puppets right. and it's okay. And. And um and then when they would show them writing or doing something on an instrument panel, it would actually be a real human hand. I love that. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Or Lady Penelope was getting her tea. Oh, Lady Penelope yeah. is so funny. She actually, they actually did. Um, uh, I don't know if you guys ever watch Absolutely Fabulous or not. Right, right, I'm, right. She I'm had a, a dream sequence. Fan. Yeah, mm-hmm. with, it was Lady Penelope, <laughs> and it was supposed to be Pat's. Right. <laughs> that was awesome. I always... And that was Sylvia's voice, too, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I always loved her yeah. show for... Yes, m'lady. Parker. <laughs> Parker. Parker, speaking. Oh, hello, m'lady. Yes, m'lady. No, m'lady. What? In the Rolls Royce, m'lady. Uh, oh, yes, m'lady. It's all ready and prepared. Yes, m'lady. No, m'lady. What? With those diabolical villains? I mean, those nasty gentlemen, m'lady? Very good, m'lady. Yes, m'lady. <laughs> yeah, I heard the story. Yeah, that he kind of creeped me modeled. out for some reason. He <laughs> was a little creepy. Yeah. That face was so creepy. Yeah. It's just like this big hangdog face. Do you ever see uh, Thunderbird Six? Ah, uh, no, no, I didn't see that. That's okay. the second movie, right? Yeah, they, so, that's like the last Thunderbird. So Brains is tasked with um, uh, building the six because there's there's five Thunderbirds. Although I I don't does does Thunderbird Five really count? Yes. Because it's just this guy is up in that satellite all the time by himself. That's yeah. John. <laughs> Does he ever get to come back? He never no. gets to come back. He's just <laughs> fucked. I heard that Jerry Anderson. Well, we were way ahead, but I heard Jerry Anderson put the character John on Thunderbird Five because he hated how the puppet looked. 
He thought it was. the ugliest puppet, so he put him on Thunderbird Five, so he wouldn't go to him as often. Yeah, and then there was one episode where all of a sudden Thunderbird Five was really involved in it, right? And they put the dad up there, <laughs> like they switched it so that he wasn't on Thunderbird. Oh, wow. Like someone else was doing that shit. Because <laughs> you kind of wondered if he was like stranded up there like a Russian dog yeah, or something. He hated that puppet, so he's like, oh, less screen wow. time for that puppet. Yeah. He thought it turned out crappy. <laughs> well, and then the, they were all named after. After American astronauts too. Yes. I mean, you know, which was was kind of cool. Super cool. Yeah. And they, you know, yeah. had the really uh, fabulous '60s modern pad out in that uh, island where, you know, I mean, yeah. you figure if it's an isolated island, you could just have the launching pads anywhere. Right. It's always super secret. Like I always loved when what three came up right to the swimming pool. pool. Yeah. <laughs> swimming pool rolls out of the way. I think two is my favorite because the trees bend over and then they put up that panel to two, two is reflect my... the. Two is my favorite Thunderbird yeah. mm-hmm. by far. I mean, you know, one and three are the real, you know, fast ones and can do a lot of stuff and so yeah. forth. And four, I mean, you know, you'd think they'd, there'd be a lot more sea rescues than there right, are, right. but it's like, <laughs> you know, four doesn't go out very much. And two looks yeah. like a giant watermelon or something. It's, just, it's uh, so cool. Big, it's just this big yeah. old green son of a and bitch. I guess, and I guess uh-huh. they had the wings on it the right way. And then they said, well, that doesn't look cool enough. So they reversed them. Inverse it. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> that looks cool. I want it to look like well, a canard. <laughs> that- that that's not totally unrealistic. I think there have been some real planes oh, yeah. that have with had yes, the wings have. swept forward. Pioneered by the Luftwaffe. Them oh, fuckers okay, were Messerschmitts. <laughs> <laughs> they built everything. Yeah. They did kind of build everything, really, uh-huh. except flying saucers and NASA. And we yeah. covered. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, what are we hey. doing now? I don't know. But I would have to say, you know, I didn't get to see all of what Jerry Anderson did. Just a lot of it, but um. Everybody copped it. Everybody stole from him, and everybody oh, yeah. developed on what he had done. So he's really a pioneer of all kinds of great things for science fiction and for television. So mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's a great guy to be talking about now. And our British listeners, I'm sure, will be yelling at the radio while we're talking, or <laughs> yelling at their right. iPhone <laughs> while we're talking, yeah. or whatever, because we're missing some important details. But it's a long career, and there's a lot of people involved in. Oh, absolutely, there is. And, I mean, some of his series, uh, you know, some of his earlier series were were harder to find, like Stingray and the Flying Car. I mean, God, before that, where, like, Twizzle was the first thing he did. Yeah, Twizzle. This guy was not into puppets. He didn't want to get into puppets. He he, he wanted to do live action. Mm -hmm. Yes, he did. He wanted to get get into movies, man, you know? That's right. Movie scene. He did, and but that was but it's kind of the thing that you're cursed with now because everyone really dug the puppets. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he, I mean, he took it as a job, you know, to pay his bills. Yeah, and, he thought oh, sure. it, that that would be his foot in the door. Right. Actually, it was. By the 70s, he was doing live action. So He yeah. was doing live action by then, too. But yeah. I think that, you know, it, it, his, it, I think it's fair to say that it's live action, though there's some very good examples, just didn't have the same popularity because, you know, I mean... There are some good examples, though. Oh, my God. There are yeah. some but anyway, good. anyway. Yeah, yeah. There's I some I, ha- I haven't seen that I want to see now. When he first started out... Yeah. So he's an English guy. He was born in 1929 and, and got into all this in the late 50s. But um, he started on this Adventures of Twizzle was was where he got his start. Right. And, and the reason I want to mention the Adventures of Twizzle, which is just a really mundane puppet with these Twizzle extender right. legs that make it make him tall. My hair is red. My hat is green. I'm a lovely toy. The nicest one you've ever seen. Watch me jump for joy. Quick, quick. Quick, quick, watch me as I grow. 
so he can save people and do all kinds of silly stuff. It's um, yeah. It, it just got him in the door. But what it also did is when he got involved with this, it hooked him up with all the people that he would end up working with throughout his career later. Right. So I mean, the people that who did his music was uh, Barry Gray. The art direction was Reg Hill. My favorite guy is Derek Meddings, um, who did a lot of the explosions and things like that. But uh, just a lot of these guys all worked together on Thunderbirds, and they just did all mm-hmm. decades worth of work together. And then inventing this super marionation, which we'll get into, and and all these other things that Jerry Anderson was doing. So when we talk about Jerry Anderson as the topic, and we're talking about all this stuff, it's a team of people working really oh, hard on this. And it it's is. not. It's not just. He's not the Walt <clears throat> Disney who does everything or whatever. No, no, I mean, no, no, no. We're no. talking about him as that's yeah. That's a very the good lead point. Character and, and it, kind yeah. of. It's true. I, too, Walt Disney, di- you know, had a team as well, right? And but we think of it as Walt Disney, and yeah. right. kind of, and that's not truly fair. And in all the... fact, uh, Jerry Anderson is sometimes described as the UK's Walt Disney. Wow. I think that's fair. No yeah. tar penises were no involved. No tar penises right. at all. Yeah. Only at Walt Disney's barn. No, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So he went from the Adventures of Twizzle to some other black and white. You know, he, he did a series of these television programs and became really well known for doing these puppet shows and these puppet yeah. marionettes and until he started to get up to the Thunderbirds. I mean, do we, I don't know if we want to mention that. What is that race car one? And well, I, I, one thing I think was interesting was that uh, when his uh, uh, brother Lionel uh, volunteered for the RAF, he was he was uh, stationed in the United States, and he was yeah. at Thunderbird Field. That's right. Yeah, he, he always went there, remembered that. Went and... there for training. I, I looked up Thunderbird Field just to see where it was, and it's in uh, Arizona. In the I guess that would make sense. Yeah, yeah. in in the late forties, it was actually um, financed by um, Jimmy Stewart and I think Cary Grant, maybe some other. Uh, oh, that's cool. Hollywood types <laughs> actually put up the money to have this field built for the military, which is, I guess they're just feeling really patriotic or something. <laughs> <laughs> but after the war, I think thereabouts in 1947, the U.S. government had all this, started just surplusing, selling off all this military gear and military land they didn't think they needed anymore. And they had a, there, there was a law back then that if they sold land, they could sell it for really cheap if it was going to be used for education. Oh. So that's, I mean, hmm. talk about education now, how, you know, yeah. the Republicans want to get rid of you it. You would never get a break like that now. Yeah, yeah, but they were pushing it back then. So this uh, retired general, the land was valued at about $400,000. Mm-hmm. They sold it to this retired general for a buck. Wow. And he started a business school. Wow. And it's still there to this day, I guess the... The flight tower is still there and everything. Oh, so, very cool. So it's a business school now, and uh, <laughs> oh wow! So I, and uh, and and it you know has this tie in with the Thunderbirds because it's the inspiration for the name. So oh, that's cool. It's cool. <laughs> so um, wasn't uh, the uh, Adventures of Twizzle wasn't that funded by Torchy the Battery Boy? Well, yeah, Torchy the Battery Boy was really creepy, but yeah. that was uh, the second one. That was 1958, right? That he, and that that really was a creepy. So Torchy was this robot boy. It's a Pinocchio kind of thing. It is very much a Pinocchio. And he had a, yeah. he had a flashlight on his head, the, basically. Uh, well, because it's yeah, Torchy. Boy, and that in the UK. that that intro music, yeah, Torchy. 
the battery bar. I mean, it's just creepy. <laughs> I've had less less creepy acid trips. I know I, that could be a nightmare. Like I should set that as my alarm clock, so I wake up to the theme song. Dirty, dodgy, dodgy, the battery boy. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> Satan's coming for me. Oh god. But yeah, so again, that was just more of a mundane puppet show kind of thing. But this is where they really worked out a lot of the kinks and they figured out how to right. do a lot of things and how to do their scale uh, marionette work and Torchy, Torchy, Torchy's a little battery boy. I'm a clever walkie-talkie toy with bright blue eyes and golden hair. I'm a magic beam that can shine anywhere. And then they they moved on to Four Feather Falls. Yeah, which is this Western thing. Yeah. And again, really, it's still at that cheesy phase where, like, uh, the guy had these guns that would, without his hands on them, they'd flip up and shoot. The bad guys. And right. It was really weird. Well, the, <laughs> the, they started using, it was an early version of Super Marionation, right, you know, where right. they used the solenoid to, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, so when, when the, the the puppet's mouth moves, when the actor actually does the voice. Yeah, I didn't realize that um, they actually had it, you know, I thought it was just someone hitting a button to move the mouth. Yeah. But in actuality, it it was designed to sync with the sound coming from the the right. the, ta- the tape recording mm-hmm. of of the voice and so it would actually you know move to the to the uh, yeah. speech sort of automatically and yeah. that's why the heads Which is were really so cool. big and they right they yeah. had these wires that would go to the box in the face yeah so well yeah. you know what i was starting to say is with uh, thunderbird 6 so so brains has to build a new thunderbird mm-hmm. <clears throat> Which and, which is funny. I haven't seen I haven't seen Thunderbird six. I readily admit that. But I thought always the brains should have his own Thunderbird. And now that you're telling me the plot of Thunderbird six, I'm like, yeah, brains. He's got his own Thunderbird. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Mister Tracy, is it Tracy. shaped like a UFO? <laughs> well, he has no. He actually, so he's working on Thunderbird six for the Tracys. But then he's also proposing to these aircraft firms, you know, because I know he's like this aviation genius and, you know, he's going to build a ship for him. And he said, well, you know, what do you want to build? And he said, I'd like to propose building an airship. And then this is all it's the, a helicarrier. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> kind of. Nice. And so but then all these puppets in the boardroom start laughing and their faces are all frozen in this like weird puppet laughter. It's like really disturbing. <laughs> but then uh but then when you see that his airship, it's not like a blimp. It's you know, of course, solid metal and everything. And then they have like this anti-gravity room, so they have these like all these batteries of of chrome wheels. It looks like those Dyson fans. Oh, nice. And, but they're all spinning, and that makes it, okay. you know, levitate. So it's essentially like an anti-gravity. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be confused with a Dyson sphere. No, no, no. Uh-huh. And, uh, Dyson vacuum. <laughs> so so moving on from uh, Four, Feather, uh, well, Four Feather Falls. Then they did Supercar. They did Supercar. 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 As swift as can be, watch it flying through the air. It travels in space or under the sea, and it can journey anywhere. Supercar, 
Supercar was, I like Supercar. Yeah. Their theme songs were just that jingly and that catchy. And they that's were. the thing I loved about his work is that uh, they, they, it's so memorable. So you, I, I'm uh-huh. sure a lot of people go to YouTube and find all these. Some of them are going to be snuck onto this podcast itself. But, uh, <laughs> you know, most of that music was written by um, Barry Gray, who's mm-hmm. known for coming up with some really crazy stuff. But yeah, Supercar was kind of like a proto Thunderbirds because it was because this, this car could do everything and it was just it was a cool car too it was mm-hmm. another one of those like you wish to god you had this as a toy you know you had the supercar yeah because it was just you know very futuristic i mean it kind of looked like the cars you would see coming out of detroit as concept cars you know they'd have the you know the wings yeah, that they the never flaps. build they never build <laughs> yeah. come right. on which you know well like the one the mercury that eventually the, the mercury futura that eventually became the batmobile mm. oh. you know and when you looked at it it really wasn't that different. It was red, and it had like the full bubbles, not the half ones that the that the Batmobile originally later yeah. had. But it was pretty much the same car. Oh yeah, yeah. I would kill to have a Batmobile, like oh, an yeah. old school Adam West Batmobile. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I just, I just would love to drive yeah. it around town. Oh yeah, me too. And I'd probably get a rubber Batman mask. Drive it like you stole it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would, I would probably drive around. <laughs> yeah. I, I would. Yeah, if I won the lottery and didn't have to do anything anymore. But the thing is, uh-huh. is that you'd want the, if if you had a Batmobile, you you wouldn't want it. To, to, to sound like a Mercury, you'd want it to have that high-pitched, whiny turbine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Me! You know yeah. so people would be like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> Is that a sand crawler? <laughs> and you would need, like, a cave somewhere to park it in. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm, absolutely. Well, a secret door. Just secret your, door. Just in your driveway, you would have to have the, the guard post that flips down when you, you know. Yeah, that's the Adam West style. <laughs> I like the Adam West version of the bad game. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, but it's really, the Batman movie would be cool, but what we'd really like is their own Thunderbird 2. Yeah, yeah, I and, would. And even bigger secret cave. Yeah. Second choice would be maybe like a monster coach. Third <laughs> oh, choice yeah. maybe the monkey mobile. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I would go with. Yeah, any of you're, those. you're right. That, that's our that's our vehicle collection. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, completely. <laughs> Here we <Yeah>. go. <laughs> if we had money like Jay Leno, that would be our. Oh garage. yeah. Oh, I was like, oh, I have this, you know, rare edition, you know, piffle. <laughs> Like, no, actually, care. I'd really love to see Jay Leno's garage, but I would too, as yeah. long as he wasn't lot. there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm for Team Coco. Yeah, I'm right. for Team Coco. <laughs> <laughs> you lost me on that one. <laughs> no, <laughs> I like cool cars. <laughs> no, I do. <laughs> I don't. You screw you guys. Water. I'm going <laughs> home. <laughs> there's three kinds of people in the world. There's dicks. There's pussies. And there's assholes. <laughs> Oh, we're jumping way ahead now <laughs> to sorry. the future of Spir- sorry, sorry. Super Mary Nation. <laughs> but uh, I, Supercar Supercar was a lot of fun. The characters weren't quite as interesting. It was really about the Supercar yeah. and everything that it could do. But it was definitely uh, a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, then, of course, I think we, we you know, move on to the Thunderbird. Well, this is yeah. where Sylvia Anderson showed up at Supercar, really. Yeah. I mean, she'd been right. around, you know, he left his wife for her and mm-hmm. and then they hooked up and It was all very sorted and Gene Roddenberry-ish. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, Jerry hasn't had great success in the women categories. Yeah. No, I think that's fair to say. He went yeah. a little tabloid, yeah. Yeah, yeah he did. He did. Yeah. He did went, yeah. A little Frank Lloyd Wrighty. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, Frank, <laughs> Frank wouldn't just. You know what's Little amazing? Hughes, yeah. How much email we've gotten about Frank Lloyd Wright? Yeah. I mean, yeah. He's like one of those kind of weird, fascinating characters that, you know, you either love him or you hate him. You you love or hate his architecture, but he's just so weird that you know, and the and the kind of cult that's grown up around mm-hmm. him too, and. Yeah, I, uh, I took a picture at the Children's Museum, which I should share, of the chicken coop on top of the Children's Museum, and it's a Frank Lloyd Wright inspired design chicken no! coop. And they have, oh, really? a, yeah, they have a quote on the side that says, <laughs> "You know, be inspired whether you're building a cathedral or a chicken coop." Wow, Frank Lloyd Wright. It was this really oh, okay. cool quote. I'm, yeah. I'm paraphrasing it. Wow, but yeah, it was a really good quote. <laughs> I'd rather have a bottle in front of me than a funnel of bottle. That's Tom Waits. <laughs> There's no paraphrasing that. No. I love that, man. <laughs> Step right up. <laughs> Turn you into a nine-year-old Hindu boy. Get rid of your wife. Remember <laughs> that monkey shit brown Buick? <laughs> I don't know how we got on that. But oh, my God. Let's go back to the Thunderbird, shall we? A Fireball XL5. I love that show. <laughs> that was really a lot of fun. Okay, Venus. Okay, Steve. Right. Let's go. This is like a first Thunderbird type ship that rockets up in the air like that. Yeah. Big series. This was Super Marionation. It was. I mean, it was more advanced Super Marionation. Fireball XL5 was more... It's, it's weird. I saw the Thunderbirds first, and then I saw Fireball XL5. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, you know, I thought it was pretty similar quality. And, you know, the ship was so cool. I mean, that's one of the things I loved about these, these Jerry Anderson designs. And, again, mm-hmm. as you say, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, APF. Now. Right, right. But... Um, they they had I mean you have to remember this is like the height of the space race, yeah. And, and cars and toys and everything have a rocket design, fins, very futuristic. But I think that they just captured this look, this aesthetic mm-hmm. oh, that yeah. was just so cool. They really but, captured the '60s, you know, in the yeah, sound. Oh, yeah, and yeah, the, yeah. Well, and, and you listen to the, some of the designers talk about how they made these things. You know, they'd get like a, a soap bottle, a pie tin, oh, all yeah. these regular <laughs> things, and they'd like buy all the model kits they could from, you know, like Revel and AMC or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they'd get these, you know, the soap bottle, they'd start gluing everything together and, you know, they'd then like glue on different model parts and get it, make the shape, and then they'd paint it all one color so it all blended together. And then they'd kind of look at it and think, all right. Do we need to add stuff or rip stuff off? Right, <laughs> right. So very well, okay, we'll rip this off and then add that on and then, you know, go through that a little bit and paint it some more. And, uh-huh. you know, and that's how the models were created. They you... just like whatever they could find oh, and absolutely. glue together. Well, yeah. You know, much like uh, Gene Kuhn with uh, Star Trek and the Enterprise and everything, they would just go dumpster diving and then, you know, oh, yeah. just spray paint the shit and put it on a wall and go, okay, that's a, that's a Jeffrey's tube. Yeah. yeah, and and well, even uh, um, Star Wars: A New Hope, Episode Four. Uh, <laughs> the you know, Lucas. I still can't call it that with a straight face. I really can't. <laughs> Tos. Yeah, <laughs> but no, they they were like buying 
battleship models uh, right and left and, you know, <laughs> add all their little tur- oh. turrets to the Death Star and everything. <laughs> oh, those were really detailed. Guys, I yeah. saw a t-shirt that I thought was fantastic and it said, Star Wars number one fan with the picture of the Enterprise in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Just give a nerd like an epilepsy fit. You know? <laughs> oh, you okay. shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I'll scratch your eyes out. I was out. like, oh my God, I don't even know if I can wear that shirt. <laughs> no. You said you get your ass kicked. <laughs> but, but yeah, a bunch of nerds gonna kick well, you, your yeah, ass. you yeah, slap fight. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, oh man. Well, <laughs> well, one thing I was gonna uh, say is. Uh, all these other guys, like in Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, uh, they all also <laughs> took Jerry Anderson's idea and what their team did with taking things like the Millennium Falcon and you know rubbing them in the dirt and beating them up oh, and sure. dusting them up oh, and yeah. making them look used so that they would be. Oh yeah, that's what the the guys who build the things like. Okay, then we'd paint them and then we'd get them all like dirty and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mess them up so it looks like it's been you know, yeah. on the street, you know. Yeah, it's been around the block a few times. <laughs> right, right. Well, when yeah. I went to um, the Smithsonian Air and Space Museum, they had... <laughs> what? <laughs> you went to what? <laughs> I said, <laughs> I went to the Smithsonian Air and Space Museum. <laughs> and... They had the model that they used in Close Encounters, and they were after oh, yeah. a while they were just if you remember what that looked like, they after a while they were just sticking shit on it. Nice. And said, "Can you find the Volkswagen minivan and the mailbox?" And then they were like showing, th- oh, and yeah. people wow. looking around like, "Oh my god, they're really- <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's awesome." Uh, so, anyways, uh, you know the the G four channel? It's you know like for gamers and right. everything. I, I honestly forget what it was called before Tech that. TV. Tech, Tech TV. Tech TV. Thank back you. Back when it was cool. Back when that, it was back way when it was cool. Because cool. it was, you know, computers, tech, yeah, you know, all yeah, kinds of yeah, solutions Patrick and, shit. and Leo Laporte. And, that yeah, was awesome. Loved it. The and, Dark Tipper. <laughs> that's Kevin Rose. <laughs> I remember the Dark Tipper is hacking. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Well, in yeah. any case, uh, they brought back the Thunderbirds. <clears throat> And they were running it on Tech TV. Just the regular series? The regular series. Not wow, the movies, wow. but the regular okay. series. But yeah. what was cool was, and when the first time I saw this, I mean, it just transported me back. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I was like, oh, my God, I totally remember. It should like just all these be the memory... second tra- time travel episode here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all these memory circuits just activating. The, oh, I totally remember this right. one. Oh, my God. Anyways, you know, during the long pauses when they'd be assembling a ship or something would be launching or whatever, they would do kind of a pop-up video. and They would put shit in there like, oh, oh I remember my that. God. If, yeah. if you notice, the airlock is a spray paint can cover. <laughs> and then you'd be looking at it like, oh, no, I can't unsee yeah, that. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, that is not a good way to watch it. Uh-huh. That's crazy. I would I would say to our adult listeners who haven't seen Thunderbirds, to maybe, you know, smoke some pot or something. You know, I'm just saying, like, Lula. you might not uh, get into this as deeply as a nine-year-old or a ten-year-old. I mean, it might oh, be on. harder. I, I, I'm i being all serious. You know, when you're older, sometimes your suspension of disbelief is such that you're not going to, But if you, know, you if you like Team America World Police, and who the hell wouldn't, right. you can enjoy the Thunderbirds. Right. Or Captain Scarlet. I, I like the but, Thunderbirds better than Team America. I well, so well, I like other things better than Thunderbirds. You shut that up. That Jerry Anderson has done. Like what? I'll tell Ooh. you when we get there. Stingray? Yeah. Nope. 
What? Come on. Captain Scarlet and the Mysterions. Oh, Mysterions? Yeah. Well, there's no I in Mysterions. Well, it always bothered me. It should be Mysterions. Well, that's like Indian motorcycles. <laughs> motorcycles. <laughs> Grammar Nazi. I just can't. No, it is Mysterion. <laughs> Nine. <laughs> No, I did. I did like Captain Scarlet a lot. I mean, yeah. it was it was really a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, let's stay with the Thunderbirds for a little bit because I think Thunderbirds. Oh, we is, have yeah. to. That yeah. is what he's known for. That is exactly. the biggest to... thing they've really done. So, so you you have the patriarch of the family, who you know he has the portraits of his kids, and then they activate, and then it's actually them. It's like a TV, mm-hmm. and it's them talking. Yeah. Obviously Catholic because there's like five of them. There's five. Yeah. <laughs> there's no women except oh, for Lady Tintin. Penelope and Tintin. <laughs> They never Tintin. explain how the hell did Tintin get on that island? What is her function? She's a buddy. Uh, she's a daughter of the other person who works with him, the assistant. Who I don't know. I don't know. If I don't you know got an name. island, you're pulling people. that out of your no, ass. No, 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 no. I remember that. <laughs> if, if you're... It's like Johnny Quest. There's no women in Johnny <laughs> Quest. Either. I'm sorry. Having a woman, uh, having Tintin on that island really helps the island. I mean, if it's just a bunch of guys. What... Well, that's right. Yeah. What is this? A sausage fast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean they. Well... Tank you gotta, you gotta motivate the guys to, uh, you know. And hey, where's the ladies? <laughs> oh, it's ladies' night. You know, you gotta motivate the guys to wash their laundry and you know make their bed and stuff like that. You know, if, if there's no, be no international they'd rescue, they'd just be sitting around in their wife beaters, yeah, fighting yeah. over the remote, uh, <laughs> plugging the toilet, yeah, yeah, and not plunging it. You know, it's just. <laughs> Just leave it. Hey, a little surprise. Do you ever worry that if you weren't married? Hey, talk married, about your Thunderbird sex. Do you ever worry that if you weren't married, you might be on an episode of Hoarders? Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that could happen. You know, that are, actually, for me, it would be more like Doomsday Preppers. <laughs> you know, I'd just be down there with all my dry goods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Preparing for the apocalypse. Apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> so what the Thunderbirds were really all about was they're a rescue organization. International rescue. International, International rescue. I R. So they're out to save people, which is I, I think Jerry Anderson that you know you need to think of something where you could have a lot of really cool machinery and a lot of action. Yeah. But maybe not necessarily like a war machine or, well, or I- some sort. The idea right. came but, from yeah. a German mine uh collapse. Yeah. So it came from a real thing that really happened, and he right. said, well, this would be great. Yeah. Did you guys see video of that? There was no. like like these really skinny tubes that they were like dropping down in the mine and you know bringing people up one by yeah. one. Yeah, it was, it was is, all like the Chilean mine. Chilean right. yeah, right. thing that was more recent, yeah. It was very, very creepy. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah, it was flooded, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Mm. Yeah, it's always scary. But uh, the Thunderbirds have... Every possible tool for rescue that you can imagine oh, yeah. at their disposal, and it's usually in one of the canister or the compartments that uh, Thunderbird Two carries. Yeah, so I it's think like, four, four is carried in two. You know, it drops out. You know, they oh right, yeah, they yeah. drop the pod. It always looks kind of weird when two is flying around without a pod. It just looks like it's not oh, yeah, complete yeah. in some way. <laughs> yeah, but, it's kind of like that. Uh, I forget the helicopter. I think it's a Sikorsky, but it's just this really big helicopter that can like go over a container and pick it up Mm -hmm. yeah they can they can hover seemingly endlessly yeah this huge huge cargo lifter 
Well, they also yeah. they invested in all these rockets too. So there's all this pyrotechnics going off where oh yeah they had these ten second rockets and they they'd shoot it in high speed and then they'd slow it down again and uh, yeah yeah like it, ten seconds to get a shot. That's one thing I noticed in Thunderbirds are go mm-hmm. just for this gigantic Mars ship to taxi into position. They're like running rockets, right. so they're burning rocket fuel just to like move Put this it together. Thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like wow, you couldn't think of a better way to do that. <laughs> well, so so I mean, um, but oh, and, and no one could walk anywhere. Like no one could walk anywhere. Everybody was, uh, you know, the, the the couch would slide back through a wall and dump yeah, them into yeah. a thing that would slide them to their. I would love that when he, he could go down. Belts. He was like a garage creeper, and he'd go down into the. <laughs> yeah, yeah. just slide back. I'm yeah. gonna hurl because <laughs> they can never get those marionettes to walk. No. Yeah. So they had. So yeah, there was Tintin, and then of course Lady Penelope, and and Parker were. They were kind of like their. Oh, I, I like spies. spies. They did communications. And, yeah, they they yeah. kind of checked shit out, and you know, so they could just be international rescue and stay on the island and everything. Mm-hmm. But I um, guess the voice of Parker is modeled after a waiter at a local pub, where <laughs> yeah. this guy heard this voice. And said, you got to come here and see this guy, and then and then they modeled the voice after that waiter, and they drew that waiter into conversation and uh-huh. and got him to talk, and then the voice actor just mimicked him. And wow. made it made up a uh-huh. whole Parker voice on the waiter. That's great, and and you know the car, the Lady Penelope car, right? The Rolls Royce, yeah, the Fab, mm-hmm. Fab a, a, One, a Rolls Royce design approved by Rolls Royce. Yes, that's what's really yeah. cool, mm-hmm. and I love the fact how it's got like the tandem wheels up front, and then it's yeah. just got the pair, you know, in back, and <laughs> yeah, and yeah. It, it can do anything. It can float. It can mm-hmm. fly. It can. It's got machine guns. It's got everything. Uh huh. You know, Parker is just. Got this huge instrument panel, yeah, at his disposal. And, and his steering wheel was cool too because it actually had these kind of two buttons, you know, like the steering wheel ended okay. in these two buttons. The yeah, and and Parker sits in the front and Lady Penelope in the back, and they both <laughs> sit in the middle of the car, and, and it has this uh, plexiglass dome mm-hmm. dome roof on it. But since they're sitting in the middle, that allows the puppeteers to you know, control them from above. Oh yeah. Okay. So where it'd be harder if they were off to the side with that <laughs> curved roof. And do we mention that part of the super marionation is the wire that they would send the signal, electrical signal through, through the marionette cable. Right. So it was a super thin yeah. wire that was makes it. And, and they also, yeah. before the episodes put the words super marionation. Right. Yeah. And presented in super yeah, right. marionation. Ooh, that sounds special. Yeah. Because all the, uh, you know, like the big films back then, you know, it would, it would be, you know, in Technicolor or right. Right. Panavision. Panavision. <laughs> and uh, so they, they had their own thing. Super marionation. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. awesome. We are kind of missing though. I mean, we're, we've gone to Thunderbirds, but we should mention that previous this was the Stingray series, which oh, was all oh, underwater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, you that, like one, that one, I like that one a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, that one, it's almost like um, he got burnt out on underwater adventures. I think that's why four never got out that much, you know, and because I think well, it's, it's hard. It's to really film. tough to do that mm-hmm. and, you know, make it look like they're doing anything. And so, but Sting, I, I like Stingray. I thought it was a really cool series and, you know, just the fact that it was underwater so much. And, and there was a non-talking mermaid woman in it, right? 
Yeah, it, was, <laughs> it had a Grizzly Adams kind of thing. Uh, yeah, that, Don't I, chase that raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here comes his Indian friend. God damn it. <laughs> The the thing though that I that I really enjoyed about the Thunderbirds and and that's a good point, Tor, is that it, it, you know they're, they're non-military. This mm. whole thing is rescue. just it's rescue. It's that's yeah, all it is. Yeah. That's that's what they do. And although they do work with governments sometimes to yeah. you know kind of work security and everything. Well, a lot of the rescues involve bad guys doing bad things, right? So there there's an anti-terrorist yeah. element to to yeah. international rescue as well. So you definitely get battles. And, and explosions, and, right. and, yeah. The hood. I mean, because it's, it's the evil. The evil puppets are almost, you know, invariably like bald. Yeah, you know, yeah. They, they have a certain look to them. It's like, oh, he's an evil puppet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. but, uh, the, like I say, with the, with the machinery, and then and then you had brains who. Mm-hmm. I always thought that kind of sucked that he didn't really have a name because it was it's sort of like <laughs> it was his function and it was his name. Hey, and, geek. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, geek. It's like, you think you're so smart. It's like they're going to punch him in the arm. It's or like uh, Jack in the, uh, the the original Muppet movie. Yeah, right. He's like, Jack not named, Jack job. <laughs> he lifted up cars to move them. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, the thing about brains, too, is that... His head was always kind of weirdly shaped because mm-hmm. it was. Are you trying to imply that you know because he has more brains, brain. he has like this bigger head, and and he had this kind of like Leonard Nimoy Spock haircut and these really big ugly purple glasses and. Well, they modeled everybody's after other actors. I mean, there's right. there's some after Cary Grant and all these other famous actors. Yeah. I wouldn't put it past them. Garner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I th- I think though with um. You know, brains. He, I mean, he really just like put all this stuff together, and he he was like literally the brains behind everything that they did. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so so it it was like a real skeleton crew, but they seemed to really be able to produce quite a bit of things. You know? And and I just want to mention while we're talking about Thunderbirds, there's some great homages to Thunderbirds. Like yeah. Wallace and Gromit does the thing where uh, Wallace is gonna get after breakfast or get out even getting out of bed mm-hmm. is a thunderbirdian kind of thing where he is flipped out of the bed and down a series of tubes and they do all kinds of in that claymation by Ardman where they do all kinds of homages to thunderbirds and right. how he doesn't walk he has all this automation that's superfluous oh. and silly that he's right. you know, taking him where he needs to go and then there's the incredibles which is a fantastic homage with the island mm-hmm. um of the villain or whatever and and that's like this much like Tracy Island or whatever. Right. Yeah, Tracy Island. <laughs> it, it kind of was, really, in, in a very real way. Yeah, I mean... And I mean, and that's that's why, and I, I know we're getting ahead again, but, you know, going to, to Team America World Police, is they captured that so beautifully. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's an homage... Team America to me, I mean, you can you can look at it and say, oh, you know, it's political and social satire, and, and it's satire, and and, <laughs> and whatnot. But I think that uh, it's sort of like the movie Galaxy Quest. Mm-hmm. It can have fun with it, but it it's you know really complimentary to it as well, right? You know, so I, I think that they they you know Parker and Stone did a really good job yeah, with that. I, I think Jerry Anderson himself was okay with it. I mean. He doesn't like swearing, yeah. and so right. I mean, there's obviously yeah. that whole asshole dicks and pussy speech <laughs> <laughs> might have been hard for Jerry Anderson to put up with. Thanks for ending the war, fag. <laughs> <laughs> 
my god. Yeah, I had to I had to rewatch Team America World Police just because I knew we were going to talk about Jerry Anderson. Oh, yeah. and, oh my god, is that hilarious? That movie is so funny. I mean, the best uh, part for me is at the very beginning <laughs> when they have the puppet on right. the street corner doing a puppet show. Yeah, I mean, that's brilliant. <laughs> I guess they showed that, and this is—I uh, think it's from IMDb. I guess they showed that to the uh, produ- producers and said, "You know, we're going to make this puppet film." And then they started with that clip, and then one of the producers was like, "Oh God, they screwed us," <laughs> thinking that they were just getting robbed. And then they pan out, and it's a real marionette running yeah. a marionette. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's oh meta. They, yeah, yeah, they did, I and mean, they really did a, a fantastic job in yeah. that. And uh, the vomit scene is really disturbing, though. Really. <laughs> oh, that's not all, man. And the sex scene that, that almost got them an X rating, and they edited it like nine times. They went they back and forth with the NBA saying there are no penises or vaginas here; they're puppets. Like you never did this with your GI Joe and your Barbie. That almost I mean, got an X. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're uh, going to get an NC-17. Yeah. They yeah. actually, and they, they said later that this was a good excuse to sneak other things past them because they kept focusing on that scene. <laughs> then they could just slip other stuff around the I, MPA. After uh, Kim Jong-il died, I actually watched, pulled out Team America I'm again. I'm so lonely. <laughs> Inevitable. <laughs> God, clean out your fucking ears. <laughs> it's what? <laughs> Come you again. went where? One more the time. Smithsonian. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, yeah, I love that movie. Oh, jeez. <clears throat> um, but you know, to move on. Well, 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 let's, well I mean, we, we want to stay with the Thunderbirds. Yeah, we? let me say one more thing. <laughs> they, they only got to make all this stuff because of one guy, and mm-hmm. that was Lou Grade. Right. So you got to mention that dude because he produced all this stuff. He saw good talent and he saw a good talent wrangler he saw jerry anderson getting all these you know artists and talented people that work right. their hardest on these thunderbirds things and then he, he that's why they eventually made movies because lou saw the thunder thunderbirds and said well you should make a feature film and so that's when they made thunderbirds are go and they mm-hmm. expanded on some things and made a, a full-length feature and it was a complete flop because i think people don't you know once you've seen something at home on your telly, you know, you're less right. likely to... I'm not going to go to the theater. That's on TV all the time. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it flopped. And, and that then they made Thunderbird 6. Thunderbird 6, yeah. And I don't think that did really well either. But It didn't. I, but, I mean, <laughs> Thunderbird 6 is, is great because there's several scenes where they're in the airship, you know, because they're going around the world. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that there's a crew there, but they don't do anything because the whole thing is programmed. You know, it lands, it takes off, it does everything. Uh-huh. And uh, they're in the game room, and it's so cool because there's like giant chess pieces and playing cards on the wall and everything. It's just bizarre, mm-hmm. you know. It's just fun wow. to watch. Huh. But I gotta see that. Sometime. Yeah, I did. I totally oh, yeah. missed that one. But yeah, they um Turner Classic Movies actually ran both of these back to back not too long oh, yeah? ago, and so did Me TV. Huh. Wow, yeah. I just saw Ted Turner on the morning uh, news show today. Really? Actually, speaking of Turner Classic Movies, but oh my God, is is he like gone completely around the bend, or is he halfway intelligible? No, he's he's a uh, uh, same old Tim Turner that he's always been. I actually saw him speak back in the oh really nineties, eighties or nineties. I don't know. He came to the Memorial Union and oh. spoke, but uh, he's still got the mustache. He's still got the you know the Ted Turnerisms, and uh, 
I, I guess right now he's he's like doing stuff with the UN and stuff, kind of ch- oh, really? charitable I, stuff. I did type not stuff, know that. So. Well, that's very cool. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, he's, you know, he, he does have a, a, a certain reputation for eccentricity and, you know, he, oh, yeah. he's kind of, you know, almost like starting to kiss that Howard Hughes envelope. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Know, so he's still coming out in public. Okay. So. That's good. That's good. He's sitting up, taking in. Yeah, Solid food, yeah. recognizing his surroundings. Interesting. That's right. Yep. <laughs> so one other thing I was going to say about Lou Grade is, um, Lou Grade is really cool. He was a he was a dancer. He's the Charleston, uh, what is he? The Charleston champion of 1926. Wow. And he got into he got into being a producer and, and doing things and <laughs> and you know ordering people around more and deciding what's going to sell. He got into TV very very early and got to make a lot of decisions. So he helped Jerry Anderson get his groove on and get his thing going. And then this poor struggling artist in the 1970s couldn't get a contract with any American stations to to get his entertainment product together. So Lou Grade said, yeah, okay, Jim Henson, I'll throw you a bone. You can do the Muppet Show here in Britain. And so Jim Henson did the Muppet Show based on Lou wow. Grade's approval. And so that's super cool. Uh, I you know, Love There's the Muppet a Muppet tie-in on that. Yeah. Uh, so oh, anyway, very good. Yeah, yeah, I really like that guy. And so he was trying to get Jerry Anderson's work more into the American markets so that you know they'd be interested in this Super Mary Nation thing. But <clears throat> he thought, you know, maybe we shouldn't do a second series or third series of Thunderbirds because that would look like old news to the American audience. So right. he thought, well, let's create, let's stop Thunderbirds and create something new that then you can pitch worldwide and we can pitch it at American audiences and we can try to introduce America to Jerry Anderson because it's really hard to break into the American market. And that's where Captain Scarlet and the Mr. Ons came yeah, in. Yeah, that's true. And that was the next series. And Cap- yeah, Captain Scarlet was, was well, because Captain Scarlet himself was a former... Mr. Right. This is the voice of the Mr. Ons. We know that you can hear us, Earthmen. So he was he was working for the good guys, and he kind of knew what was going on. And uh, and then what I always thought was interesting about Captain Scarlet was they had the uh, the angels. Right. It was all these, you know, women fighter pilots that were in these just absurd jet aircraft mm-hmm. and they'd always be in there and it was like Angel One. <laughs> GIS, GIS. <laughs> Isn't that what they said? They they said these weird code yeah. phrases and I was like, What does that even mean? Captain Scarlet, I think, <clears throat> is is one of those that probably didn't get as much attention. But I think has since then right. as the Thunderbird. It should one hmm. one of the big advances. I got a lot to say about this one. One of the big advances is they they got rid of the solenoid in the head so that they could put that in the chest, and then they could uh, have radio control. So then right. they wouldn't have to do the same thing with the big giant heads. Right. So the heads sized down more realistically and weren't as mm-hmm. big as the Kevin Thunderbird Scarlet heads. was probably like the most advanced of the Super Marionation. Yeah, I yeah, think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's the upper crust. But the story itself goes so far into science fiction that it is really cool. You got a little bit of that in Thunderbirds where the, they went to Mars and they ran right. into these crazy alien things. And that was kind of creepy and cool. Yeah. But in the Mysterons, it is such a a great, complicated story that kids can enjoy things being blown up and stuff. Sure. And the adults can enjoy the storyline is, is complicated because mm-hmm. there's these Martian explorers. And in the very first episode, they... Uh, they run into the Mistrons and mm-hmm. they think they're aiming a gun at the Martian explorers. 
but it's actually some kind of antenna to communicate with the Martian explorers. Right. But then the explorers are like, kill it, shoot it, it's going to shoot us first. So then they blow it up. Mm-hmm. And then the Mistrons basically declare war on Earthlings. Right. And so the way they conduct their war is they mm-hmm. can they can uh, make things reanimate and create things and mm-hmm. very mystical kind of... It is. These lights flash over someone who's dead and then they're reanimated as a Mistron imposter. Right. Well, they do this to Captain Scarlet, but then Captain Scarlet gets killed and then in this crash, this car crash... And then he comes back to life, but he doesn't remember being a Mistron. He just remembers fighting the Mistrons. Mm-hmm. And then we realize that he's this character that can do anything and get killed, and he'll get resurrected automatically. Right. It's almost kind of Highlander-like. I mean, he almost uh, has these no. other abilities. You know what it's really like? What? Torchwood. Oh, okay. Captain Jack Harkness. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Captain Jack yeah. Harkness is a modern-day Captain Scarlet. <laughs> the face of Bo. The face wow. of Bo. Yeah, yeah. And I thought of that immediately. I was like, well, that's awesome for drama and for storytelling. And sure. You know that's where they came up with the idea. For so, 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 sure so what years did Captain Scarlet come out? This was in the early 60s, right after the Thunderbirds. It was, yeah. It was It was after, after well, I mean, oh, 67. Yeah, that sounds right. 67. Yeah, 67, Captain Scarlet came out, and then it was followed by Joe 90, which I, I've seen like one episode of that, and that was more than enough. Yeah, Joe 90 is really terrible. You know, but <laughs> yeah. It is I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry, fans of Joe 90. Oh, come uh, on. Nobody's a fan of Joe 90. Oh, do they? <laughs> They'll be like, how could you possibly diss Joe 90 like that? What's the premise of Joe 90? He's a kid spy. Yeah. Kid spy. Oh. And, he, and he's programmed by the computer Big Rat. Yeah. So Big Rat can give Joe special abilities to do things or right. solve puzzles or whatever. It's, it's very kid friendly. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's, it's okay. like Twizzle. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, is, it is like Twizzle. It's just like when all, or, the, or Torchy. all the cartoons Torchy. started having like baby Larry versions. <laughs> I have a sore throat, so it's. It actually sounds uh. good that way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I know I really liked Captain Scarlet and it was a it was a good fun show and I I don't know, there's not much more to say about it. I no. almost wish it would have done better than Thunderbirds because it's such a more complicated story and more It is. You know, it's interesting in a lot of spy subterfuge. And... But it seems to me that there have been as many if not more efforts to resurrect Captain Scarlet than there have been with the Thunderbirds. Yeah. There was a really terrible live action Thunderbirds movie made and Okay. If you're going to go there, we can jump to that. Bill Paxton was in that. <laughs> well, keep Bill Paxton fine. How but... can that be terrible? Well, well wasn't that directed by, uh, or directed no, or no. produced by Jonathan Franks? Jonathan Frakes. Frakes. Oh, Next Generation. Oh, wow. You yeah. know the sad thing about Riker. that? So, so, so it was live action. So they were, they were real live kids and a real live dad, Bill Paxton. We're all gonna die. It's game over, man. (laughs) (laughs) So it's not real pretty. (laughs) So Bill Paxton's the dad, and um, fans hated it from before it was even made. You know, as Mm -hmm. soon as rumors started swirling that this was going to be made, fans were upset because it wasn't gonna. There's no super marionation here. Yeah, I mean, but they just redid everything. And uh, Jonathan Frakes yeah. directed it. Sylvia gave it her seal of approval, which is probably, in my opinion, why Jerry called it the biggest load of crap he's ever seen in his life. <laughs> because they had a bad divorce. Like, oh, yeah. Jerry and yeah. Sylvia toward the end. And, and that's part of why this whole production group kind of fell apart. 
was their marriage fell apart. Well, you know, we could we could actually do a whole podcast about Jonathan Frakes and and all I, the shows that he's directed and you know written for. Yeah, and so I like forth. number one. I mean, he he did he did a, a cartoon <laughs> series that I was a huge fan of as an adult, uh-huh. uh, Gargoyles. Oh yeah, that's right. And it and it actually had a lot of it was voiced by Good a voice lot talent. of of uh, uh, Star Trek Next Gen. Uh, people like Brent Spiner and uh, Marina Citrus and I didn't realize Persertus. that that was one of the shows I watched with shame as an adult. It's <laughs> like okay, I'm watching Gargoyles. I'm I'm gonna do it. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I felt a, I felt a little right. creepy. It, it's like when I watched Animaniacs when I was in college. <laughs> you were I'm high. In, I'm in college. Yes, I'm watching Animaniacs. So sue me. I know. I mean, you're right. I, there's times if I if, when I watch cartoons, but there's still times that I will turn. You know, if I'm feeling kind of like okay, the, today just blew, I will turn on Sponge, SpongeBob, SpongeBob. SquarePants, yeah, and <laughs> and enjoy that. Dude, I just heard Mark Marin on his What the Fuck podcast talk to Tom Kenny, who's the voice of SpongeBob. Okay, and I really love Tom Kenny because I've been a fan of his since Mr. Show. <laughs> but finding out that Tom Show. fucking love Mr. Show. Mr. Show was fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so finding out that Tom Kenny grew up and was best friends with Bobcat Goldthwait. Oh! Throughout his childhood. Wow. Wow. And hearing stories about Bobcat as a kid, it was like really, really a cool look. That into is very cool. The mind of Bobcat Goldthwait. And by the way, I don't know if I talked about it in the last podcast or not, mm-hmm. but on your recommendation, I did watch God Bless America. What did you think? Fantastic. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. it's, you know, it's dark. Like, it's like super, you know, it's, it's that dark kind of film. It's not as dark as super. Not as dark as super, but it's dark. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If, if, you know, you want the two great Bobcat movies, yeah. Shakes the Clown and, and. And by the way, Tom Kenny gets killed in the first like five minutes of God Bless America. Right. Yeah, he's in it. Right. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> that that's a really fun movie, and that's yeah. available on Netflix streaming now too. Yeah, so. yeah. It, it, that's how. And I saw it's it. just just a hoot to mm-hmm. watch. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> and I I love the nods to Alice Cooper too. I have to confess. Yeah. You know, there's there's some definite love there for Alice Cooper, and I'm like, yeah. And I don't know if I'll give you. anyone high fives again. <laughs> after <No>. that movie <laughs> yeah. people give high fives yeah people who say sensuous <laughs> uh, so uh moving on to some of uh mr anderson's live action work uh, a movie that i saw at the theater back in the day uh it was called journey to the You're far side of the sun me you saw that in the theater i saw it in the theater dude that's cool yeah, wow. it, that is cool because because okay, and it it, it starred Roy Thinnis, right? And I was I, I was a big Invaders fan, mm-hmm. you know, the Invaders in color, <laughs> a man too long without sleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing I missed about the the Captain Scarlet was that drum thing that they did. No! I guess they sent this guy, you know, come up with a drum theme, the, a musical theme that'll be wonderful for Captain Scarlet, mm-hmm. and, and they came back with this thing and it was like dun 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 <laughs> and they heard it and they're like are you kidding me we sent you for like a week to work on this and you came back with dun 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 dun, 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 dun. dun. and it turns out that that was fucking fantastic that's all you ever need dun 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 did you one thing I, I just just to touch on the Thunderbirds once more is that I love at the end of Thunderbirds are go when they have her majesty's 
uh, Royal Marine Band play the Thunderbirds are going. Oh, yeah. That was fantastic. Yeah. So, so Journey to the Far Side Sun was originally called uh, Doppelganger. <laughs> From the chum, and now is the time when we dance. <laughs> So, with Journey to the Force of the Sun, it was it was a very interesting story because you know they discovered that there's a parallel Earth exactly on the other side of the sun, and it actually is like a complete mirror of everything. And it's 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 very it, it is very kind of Twilight Zoney. It's totally like an extended Twilight Zone yeah, episode. It yeah. is, and it, I just like I say, I just dug it because Roy Thinnis was in it. Yeah. I, I had a model of the Invaders ship and everything. I was a huge Invaders It thing. got kind of panned because, you know, once Stanley Kubrick, check out our episode on Stanley Kubrick, had done 2001, you know, everything that was seen after that was seen as derivative. Like, it was, yeah. oh, you're just stealing from Stanley Kubrick. And in a way, it kind of was. But that, that doppelganger, I mean, look at that movie, Another Earth. I mean, yeah. these movies are out there. Someone's always making a movie about that. But right. it was a good idea. And I thought it was kind of coolly executed. Like, when they get to the other planet... The fact that it was a complete mirror image and everything is reversed, and they have to do this whole thing to figure out that he's from the other Earth, mm-hmm. which is it's a very very complicated film. But what they did to make it cheap was they just uh, they call it flopping the the negative. Right. Oh, you just flip it around. They, they just right. flip it around, right. and therefore your stop sign is reversed. Mm-hmm. You know, into pose or whatever. <laughs> you know, Pots. I would have to say that I was such an Invaders fan that the first girl I ever kissed. Could bend her pinky back just like the aliens could, and I think that's why I liked her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on another Earth. Aren't I? <laughs> oh, that's probably something I shouldn't have put out there. But. It was widely a widely panned film, but yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Did you enjoy it? I did. Mission accomplished. There you go. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Thunderbirds Argo. <laughs> I downloaded that theme, too. I have it on my iPod. I'm such a horror. Oh, that should be my ringtone. Oh, God, no kidding. <laughs> or another ringtone that would be great to have, too, is the... The um, King Arthur theme from uh, Holy Grail, you know, that would be a good one. Wow. Oh, brave, brave Sir Robin. <laughs> and he's, okay, so one of the things that Jerry Anderson tried, and, and this is, I think, you know, Walt Disney did decades before, eh, mixed results. Uh, there was a, sh- a show called Secret Service, which makes live action with Super Mary Nation. Mm-hmm. Okay, now how fucking weird is that? Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it's bad enough when you like mix the cartoons and shit, like you know, Song of the South. <laughs> Song of the South. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, listener, for sending that gem. Oh my god, yeah. I, I watched it again. And I thought, oh, it's every bit as appalling as I recall it really as a child. Is appalling. <laughs> it, it, you know, was one of the fun building blocks of my deep seated hatred of a few of times Disney. I couldn't blame Disney. I was like, you know. You made the right call. <laughs> keep that fucker in the vault. Yeah, you can way keep that back buried. in the vault. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they st- they're still doing that now because the Sacred Baby Festival season is coming up. Right, right. So they're Released from the vault. Yeah. So they're doing like you know Cinderella. It's only for a limited time. Fine. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna miss that time. <laughs> yeah. Just close exactly. the vault door again. It's okay. <laughs> but but isn't Secret Service? The show where Tor should jump in at some point and talk about Ogden's nut gone flake. Oh my. 
I think my research has lapsed. Yeah, it has. It has. I thought explain. of you immediately when I saw that. That's right. Conflict. What? 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 Explain. Explain. I am very interested now. Well, there I'm was now a- awake again. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. Go go ahead and explain why I get another refreshment. Ooh, that's good. Make that good. two. All right. Make that twelve. <laughs> sure. I'm way off camera now. We can't hear what Sputnik's saying. <laughs> so, so uh, I'll quote from from uh, Wikipedia. The series was inspired by Anderson's love of British comedian Stanley Unwin, who is known for his nonsense language, Unwinese, which he created and used on radio, in film, and most famously on the 1968 Small Faces LP, Ogden's Nut Gone Flag. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? Shit, How about huh? that? That's you know I, I've I, heard that album only because of Tor. I think there's I, some Steppenwolf I've heard only because of Tor, <laughs> and, and there's some uh, there's some other Glass Harp. Glass Harp I've only heard Absolutely. because of Tor, and then there's Ogden Nut Gone Flake. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know I think I might have listened to a, a little bit of Jerry Anderson a documentary on YouTube, and and I and I heard that voice, like, <laughs> just like Ogden's Nut Gone Flake, but I couldn't. Pick what it what it came from. So I'm. Thank you for explaining that. <laughs> it's such a good story on that album. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you were talking about uh, just doing like a little bit of a song or whatever. I think I may have related that story before, but I was watching some documentary about I don't know, like the British invasion or something, and and um, when um, Clapton was with Cream, mm-hmm. you know, so these guys at this time. I mean, they would just do these, they'd get loaded at a party or something. They'd just do these all-night jam music sessions. Hendrix did that a lot, too, with Peter Tork. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, no shit. Wow. That's how he, that's that's the monkey's Hendrix connection, is that he would party at Tork's house. Okay. Jesus. Wow. And they'd just do these all-night jam sessions. Like, God, can you imagine that? You got a snoot full, and Hendrix just goes, yeah, you mind if I jam a little bit? And it's like, no. <laughs> that's like hanging out with Nikola Tesla and Mark Twain. Oh, you know no what I mean? Kidding. That's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. They, they had a, a Modern Marvels on that, that, I watched again for the 800th time called Mad Electricity, which is all about Nikola Tesla. And it's just a lot of fun. We did better, though, yeah. honestly. We covered so, it good. Yeah. And yeah. we did without pictures. Yeah. And I guess the, yeah. you know, we, we pledged half of our donations to the Tank Riot uh, donation stream to the Tesla Museum, which yes. is actually funded and they, they got it. So thank you yeah. for all your donations. And, we should go uh, visit the Tesla Museum. We should once it's built. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that was the month of August. That was donation. the month of August. Donations. So yeah. All donations you give to Tank Riot from now on will go to Tank Riot, and we will use that money wisely. We could go to the Tesla Museum. We could get a bunch of tchotchkes, and then that could be some of our uh, swag. Exactly. You know, because the Scotty swag now is uh, kind of you know winnowing out because it's not as charming anymore now that we've become you know uh, pinkish, moving toward. Yeah, rare. Well, we'll see. We're a purple state. Yeah, (laughs) a little bruised, (laughs) a little bruised, bruised. a little little chewed over. Uh huh. So, uh, the next series that he worked on, which is 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 one of my favorite ones, yeah, yeah, UFO, UFO, UFO.
That I saw some one. clips of that, and I like seriously got to get a, get a hold of that. So it's very cool. So, if you like Space 1999, yeah, another, yeah. which I know we're jumping ahead, yeah. Yeah. you'll love UFO. So this guy really loves to make sci-fi. I mean, this yeah. is groundbreaking science fiction for its time. And uh, he, all right, so Captain Scarlet was always fighting uh, Captain Black or whatever, who became a Mr. On. Right. And then Captain Scarlet... It was very color-oriented. Yeah, it was very color-spectrum. <laughs> this right. could have been Reservoir Dog. So, <laughs> you so got a cool name. There's also Captain Blue. <laughs> That's right. So Captain Blue is like this, you know, super American, cleany, yeah. you know, yeah. scrub Very clean Clark Kent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's voiced by Ed Bishop, who is the leader of the UFO group. So Shadow, oh, the yeah, voice of yeah. Captain Blue became the leader of the Shadow organization. Oh my God! So that's cool. He was always with you know Jerry, and then and then moved up into the into oh. the ranks into this lead role. That's one of those real cult series that that I, I just you know there's always a hardcore fan base. For, okay, for all I show. care about is Gay Ellis. Okay. <laughs> I'll give you that. All right, Google image Gay Ellis right now, everybody. <laughs> Get out there. Google that. Google that immediately. So, so apparently women in space have to wear like silver outfits and have short mini skirts, a lot of eye makeup and purple wigs. That's Gay Ellis. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> I mean, I really I got to see this series. It's, it's, I was building a crazy. mental picture just as you were describing yeah, it's that. It's crazy. Apparently it became all the rage in Japan. I mean, that's... <laughs> I'm not I'm even sure kidding you. I'm not even kidding you. No, no, you. I'm sure you're right. I'm totally sure you're I mean, right. We could, we could probably trace this back. <laughs> I mean, the thing that always amazes me about Japan is they take all these bits and pieces of culture and just like mix it up through their own lens and, and then kind of put it back. And it's and always it's fantastic. It is. It truly yeah. is. I mean, I'm I, a little bit of an otaku, I think. <laughs> I would love to go. Japan is one of those countries oh, I would yeah, totally love for to visit. For sure. Definitely, know? definitely. So, mm-hmm. so UFO, what is the name Shadow? It stands for the. Oh. It's this something, secret headquarters yeah. of alien. I, sphincter. Something, something. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Tank Riot, where the facts uh, are somewhere. <laughs> Our evil organization, Sphincter. <laughs> sphincter. <laughs> Meanwhile. That's sphincter. Headed by Larry Lego. <laughs> so so yeah, their their whole job is to stop aliens from invading the earth. And the aliens are invading. It's just a crazy it's, show, man. Yeah, it is. It's kind of funny. It, again, it's kind of along the invaders theme, you know, where they're they're out there. And they travel in these small these spaceships that only hold like one or two aliens. Right. And they travel at super super light speed, so they're faster than light travel somehow. And they figure out a way to detect them when they're coming, and then the shadow organization has to go catch them or kill them or whatever. I mean, right. and this is dark, and the themes were kind of starting to get darker. And Jerry Anderson, part of the gambit after Captain Scarlet really failed to hit the American market, was to get less children oriented and try to get more adult themes and more right. women in purple wigs and mini skirts and right. more adult talk and more. It death was a good move, and try to like get away from that so that. He wouldn't be seen as a kids director anymore, right? And then, yeah. and it turned well, into his, like this crazy sci-fi. His audience, Sputnik, was growing Older. up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't say growing up. <laughs> I'd yeah. say getting older. Yeah, yeah. I'm just aging rapidly. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it was a great series though. And, and I really he, did like Ed that. Bishop really Ed, he played the role of Sergeant Straker or whatever. 
the commander striker. <laughs> yeah. it, it has some really fun elements to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was one of those uh, uh, like post Star Trek shows that I really locked on to and, uh, you know, followed by. I mean, it's not I mean, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit to Space 1989. Sure. Because I was a huge fan of that show. Mm-hmm. And in the local markets in in Wisconsin, they just kept moving the damn thing. So the, oh, this yeah. was this was pre-cable. Yeah. So you have to understand so so what you had was you had three possibly four stations. And if you were lucky, you had a, an antenna tower that had a rotator, you know, a rotor. And on clear nights, you could you could move it and you could pick up other, you know, bigger market stations and so forth. Yeah. But, you know, when you got cable, then you obviously got more choices. But yep. Space 1999 was one of those shows where they, they just literally kept, you know, it would be it was on prime time. Then it was on like... Um, you know, ten o'clock, or you know, like ten thirty or something on the weekends, and they, or the, then they they moved it to like one or two in the morning, and this is like pre VCR, so man, yeah. you had to hump it, yeah, oh <laughs> you yeah, know, to watch and, it. And, but they had like the most awesome theme song ever. <laughs> um, well, I thought so too. Maybe just... they use the theme song from Gilligan's Island. No, no okay. <laughs> That's the thing. I've just so many of Jerry Anderson's theme songs were awesome. Yeah, they were. They were. They were awesome. But um, except for Torchy the Battery. But yeah, oh, I love that show too. I watched it every time I could find it. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I loved. I loved the way the Eagle transporters looked. Because it it completely looked like Apollo, like post Apollo technology. It looked like exactly how you yeah. want to make it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I yeah. just thought it was so cool. Moonbase Alpha. I just love that. Oh yeah. I loved Martin Landau and Barbara Bain. They were like the the perfect couple. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't want to even cast them because they were too. They were American. They didn't want to use American. Sylvia didn't. She wanted British people. And oh, I'm glad oh, she got yeah. a lot of fucking time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Well, Lady Penelope. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, yes, my lady. I wouldn't want to see that. But <laughs> the, uh, um, the I, I was so into this show. And, and, and probably, like you're saying, it, it was hard to catch. You never yeah, knew what oh, it was going to be on. You had to so, work for it. Okay, so I, I'm in an episode of Space. It's 1999. Uh, you know, I'm a kid watching TV. Can't record it. Uh, want to see it. And uh, it, it's a really exciting episode. Don't remember which episode this was, but my family's—they're going out to eat, and they say, "Okay, Tor, time to go. Let's go." And I'm like, five more minutes. It's almost done. Just five more minutes. Come on, you know, just wait." And they're like, "No, time to go." And they, you know, we're leaving. I'm like, it's five more minutes, and they left. Wow! <laughs> wow! Wow! That's great. So they just left me at home. They didn't take me out to eat. <laughs> so uh and uh well so that's like a success kid you won that argument (laughs) absolutely you got to watch five minutes man yeah i i think i think they thought maybe they won one on me but (laughs) no i i saw the show and i found a box of crackers in the cupboard you know so (laughs) i was good nice (laughs) you know i always remember i have food memories related with space 1989 Uh too 
my my parents when they they would uh so i was i was somewhat difficult with babysitters so after a certain point they just you know, left me to my own recognizance <laughs> <laughs> and um so um there were there, there were these little mini pizzas that you could get they were called johns and they were, they were like about like so big you know and like one was this topping, one was that topping, one was the other. So I would just, and they say, well, you know, make yourself something, you know, healthy to eat and do your homework and, you know, we'll be back. And I say, yeah, okay, fine. And so, of course, you know, I'd fire up the oven and I I would throw all three of these things in. And, of course, you never bothered to cut them. You just ate them like a big, you know, pizza. And I just, yeah. like, hunkered down and watched Space 1999 <laughs> and say, yeah, fuck you. I'm doing my homework. <laughs> I remember there was an episode because I always loved the aliens. Mm-hmm. The aliens were always really cool, and the set design was really I, I loved. And there was one where they had Christopher Lee on. Mm-hmm. Star Wars fans would know him as Count Dooku, right? And you see his face. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Count Dooku. Count Dooku. <laughs> and um, it. It was just I, I really enjoyed the series. It was it was one of those where um you know, I can say I was always a total space race brat and, and well, so Space Nineteen Ninety Nine was the logical so show. Space nineteen ninety nine, there's a there's a moon base alpha that's a base on the moon and right. then there's a thermonuclear explosion. They don't really explain it really well. Well, well the, no, it was the, the dump, yeah. the nuclear dump. It blew and then it yeah, broke orbit. The Earth just decided to store all the nuclear waste on the moon. Right, but they but, like concentrated it all in right, one spot. Right, and it went critical. <laughs> but and... there were two seasons, and in the first season, they were more mystical about some unknown reason why it happened. Like there was some reason guiding them forward, and then in the second hmm. year, it was like, "Fuck it, let's just make it like an American well, TV show." It wasn't, and just it was like... more episodic. Into the here's fifty minutes of build and fifty minutes of this, and you know they they just they they did it more like an American show. Well, the one thing that I remember that was kind of. I mean, I, I would I would have to go back and and look at some of these, yeah. and don't think I won't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but rewatch the series. Notice how the series one talks about the unknown power, the unknown uh, force that's causing things to happen. Well, it's not that they just broke orbit either. I mean, they they they're like in deep deep space. I mean, right. they're they're encountering other alien right worlds and yeah. so it's kind of like lost in space in a certain way right yeah. only instead of a spaceship it's the moon <laughs> and, and yeah right yeah as you kind of like gilligan's island they're right. out there lost and it was supposed to be a three-hour tour <laughs> yeah <they're> in space. <laughs> all right all right so in i think it was in the second series there was a, a frog beast that came in and attacked the ship i remember that okay one. uh the, the beta cloud and yeah. in the beta cloud this it looks like a giant stitch from lilo and stitch that walt disney cartoon <laughs> oh, he's like God. a giant frog thing and he, he's he's terrorizing the the base and gonna kill people and whatever and they end, they end up winning the battle okay that was played by david prowse oh <laughs> so darth wow. vader played the frog dude Nice. I like that. That's cool. You don't see his face or anything, but apparently it was David Prowse. I did. I did like the fact. And one thing we're kind of skipping past is that that, that uh, Jerry Anderson was approached to work on a Bond film. Right. Well, and some of the D- staff does, went on to work on Bond films. Have, have you? I am like soup, and we have got to see that as a tank ride outing. Go see Skyfall. 
Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, that's. Have you heard the song, the theme by Adele? No, but I've heard of oh. hearing the song. Like I've heard, I should hear the song. Yeah, I mean, hmm. she is so channeling Shirley Bass. Oh, that's awesome. It. I mean, it's old yeah. school. It's like Goldfinger. It wow, makes you think of cool. that. No shit. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm, so my Derek, nipples are rock hard thinking about going to Skyfall. Derek Meddings went on to do explosions and stuff for right James Bond, but. Yeah, that's too bad. Apparently, it just didn't work out. No, it was it was it was supposed to, it was supposed to be Moonraker, and but that then they made a really horrible version of it with, um, <laughs> you know, Needle Nuts. I can never think of his Roger name. Moore. Roger Moore, thank you. Great yeah. as the Saint sucked as Bond. Okay, it was my favorite but, James Bond because I was at an age where I saw Moonraker. He and drove fucking AMC loved it. cars for Christ's sake. <laughs> See, I was at an age where it didn't matter to me that it was an AMC Fuck, car. What is... mattered to me was it was James Bond <laughs> in space. I always liked Moonraker because yeah, it... like, oh, you guys suck. Well, no, Jaws, so, it had Jaws, Jaws in it exactly. <laughs> oh. Yeah, man, I'm sorry. It's so over the. No, I understand. I understand. Okay, Moonraker <laughs> is is kind of like watching a Super Marination in a way. I mean it. <laughs> well, that's, it, it, okay. well, especially with Jaws. Especially with Jaws. You, you, see what you see what saying? Saying? know, with the metal of... teeth, they actually radio frequency <laughs> things for him to do. Who's, yeah. What was the Bond girl called, like Miss Goodnight or Miss Goodhead or something? <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> something. I mean, because they always. I, yeah, yeah. And you know, I'm going to be watching the credits like we did with I'm looking. Uh, Strawberry Fields. Miss Strawberry Fields. But kablam! Boom! But Jaws, uh, Jaws gets a girl in Moonraker. Yeah. Yes. I mean. And she's like this tiny little thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. funny. <laughs> what was the guy's name? Like Dax or something? You know, the villain was Dax. Yeah, and we talked about oh, Moonraker. Yeah. I know we did when we did our James <laughs> Bond episode. Oh, I'm sure it came up that you can't believe <laughs> yeah. we, we liked it. But anyway, he did a lot of the effects for that, and a lot of Jerry Anderson's people did a lot of effects for James Bond films for years. Right. And uh, also, Derek went on to do uh, Superman. So Which one? One and two and, yeah. Oh, you mean the, the... Yeah, the... The Christopher Reeves movie. Okay, all right. And, um, yeah. I, he, I remember this because he did the effects for the earthquake, and some oh, of the really? yeah, oh, yeah, except some of the effects he wasn't available to do, so they hired someone else to do those effects that he wasn't able to do, and they look like crap <laughs> compared <laughs> to what this guy was doing. I don't know. So it's it's just really interesting. Wow. Um, you know, I loved Superman. The whole reverse time to save Lois Lane. I don't know if I would have bothered, but you know, I don't think I would have. I did like uh, Margot a lot, but you know. Yeah, but shit happens. Reversing yeah. time is kind yeah, of a big deal. Yeah, it seems like deal. a lot to do. I, now, now Superman's yeah. a looper. You know, who's going to close that loop? I don't want to get involved in that. <laughs> anyway, you know, a lot of bad shit. I mean, that one's kind of like the original Superman. Considering what happened to a lot of those cast members, that's kind of like the new um, our Rebel gang? Without a Cause. No, not. <laughs> we're going to fucking do a podcast about our gang. And you guys are going to hate yourself when it's done. I know way too that much about like a that Christmas shit. Christmas episode. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that would be our premier Sacred Baby Festival episode. That'd be Sacred Baby Festival. The truth about the little rascals. <laughs> our gang. I mean, these, none of these fuckers ended well. I mean, it's just not good. So, uh, all right. We were on Space 99. I got to say about UFO. It drove me nuts that no one pronounced it UFO. They always called it UFO. I know. UFO. It drove me nuts. <laughs> I know. We we spotted a UFO, sir. 
There's a UFO. It's very UK. We've got a UFO. It's very UK. Stop saying that yeah. word. And it's not fucking well, aluminium either. Aluminium. <laughs> There's a UFO and it's covered in aluminium. Don't make us come over there. Yeah. <laughs> don't make me add. Now, did vowels. we mention that uh, Space 19, the set for Space 1999 was originally going to be uh, next year's season for UFO? A new set for We that? did not say that. What? The, oh no no we didn't it, yeah i didn't i did not know that uh i think i read that somewhere correct me if i'm wrong <laughs> it's on the internet yeah it was on the internet and so that the, they started building up this set for another ufo series and they're like well i we can't do that well let's do well, space, and, and, and Jerry Anderson space 1999 always thought that ed bishop should be james bond that he would have been a great james bond and he had this he had this super bond hair well, but, but he true. had really black hair and they had to dye it at a uh, hair salon and he hated oh. it the guy the guy hated it because there were still barbers and hair salons for women and he had to go to a women's hair salon to get his hair dyed <laughs> oh. and he was it was, was too embarrassing so eventually he had to wear a wig because he wouldn't go get his oh, hair dyed anymore no. but anyway that's kind of funny uh-huh. i don't know i really love that show anyway space 1999 had two years yeah. it was great yeah, it, yeah. Right, good, like, beginning. I always, when I was younger, got it confused with Battlestar Galactica, the original. I just did, you know, because I was watching those shows at the same time. Space 1999 oh. is more realistic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, way more. Way more. Yeah. yeah, and it wasn't, I mean, people were, everything, the technology, everything seemed to be, like, really fit the mm-hmm. tone. Yeah. <laughs> Battlestar Galactica was more or less like disco in space. Right, but at the time, I really liked Starbuck, and then now after the reboot, I'm like, I really like the other Starbuck. Oh yeah. <laughs> remember yeah. I remember we were talking about the Starbucks gonna be a woman. How's that gonna I was work? shocked at we first. We were shocked and I yeah. thought, oh wow. Turned That's out okay. Actually is pretty good. Just don't yeah. watch the last episode. Yeah. <laughs> and it is interesting, you know, Space nineteen ninety nine was of course set in the year nineteen ninety nine. Right. And uh which seemed like forever then, but Yeah. And well we've passed that and Yeah. Well we didn't it was quite... like it was like in Star Trek TOS. Where they would talk about the <laughs> eugenics wars in the nineties, and be like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, Ed Bishop also played a character on Star Trek: The Animated Series. Oh, so that would be TAS. It would be TAS. Star Trek, and I did. I did watch TAS too. Did you? Yeah. You know the thing that I liked about TAS though was that they had a lot of stories that were written by uh, science fiction authors. Right. So like they had some like Larry Niven stories. Mm-hmm. So that was like they had like slaver technology and okay. um, the Kazin and, cool. you know, because they're like they're like a felinoid mm-hmm. species. You know, mm-hmm. so, and there's nothing that I would love more than like a intelligent cat series, you know, <laughs> species that that's just perfect. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I still have it. <laughs> I didn't actually even mean to. <laughs> I feel like an ass now. I got to check my record collection because I, I can't remember if this is I had this or some other kid had this. But it was a an LP for mm-hmm. Star Trek the animated series, and, and then part of the and the LP jacket was like a a book, and mm-hmm. then you could follow along with the story as you played oh, the record. Very cool. Yeah. Wow, that's neat. That's cool. So very kind of back in the day. Back <laughs> in the day. So after Space nineteen ninety nine collapsed, that's when the marriage dissolved with Sylvia and Jerry. Right. The team kind of got disbanded. a little better. Thunderbirds disbanded. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No more international rescue. But, rescue uh, yourself, asshole. But they still did some things. And and that's where things became more of a deteriorated version of 
you know, the work. Terrahawks, stay on this channel. This is an emergency. Well, yeah, like the Terrahawks is a good example. Uh, you know, okay. Yeah. So they moved more into Muppet territory with the Terrahawks. Yeah, and they did. So... Super Macromation. <laughs> Super, Super Macromation. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's the updated version. Yeah, it's just like, oh, come, just stop it Yeah, now. please stop. That's, that's enough. <laughs> You're just but pissing man, me off. But, man, the voices were good on that. The voices were hilarious. Yeah. Uh, what is that? The, the, there were the cuboids, and then there were the... Oh, there was there was the this sergeant. is a robot. Well, there's the, these, with the ball head, the or balls, <laughs> the zeroids or whatever. The balls. There were balls, and they rolled around into the cubes. Yeah. And then there was a Zelda witch, and then there was a team. Well, they had like the tiniest budget for that too. Oh yeah, no budget. I mean, that was completely obvious. Yeah, that I mean, they, they didn't have dick. watch a little bit of one of these episodes, and the voices are funny. The, the, <laughs> oh yeah, the dialogue is actually kind of well done, but yeah, not a good show. I, I gotta say, my opinion, not a good show. But whatever, shit happens. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, I watched an episode where they got stuck in a car and. In invisible force fields, and I, it was it was pretty terrible. There's this one that I would I that I just read about that I would totally have loved to have seen is that in the 1990s they made comedy and stage productions like the two man hit stage review Thunderbirds FAB. Yeah, no, I've seen I've seen outtakes of that because oh what they God. do is they they wear like hats for like Thunderbird two and Thunderbird one, and they run around stage and oh. do like interpretive dance kind That's of. That's brilliant. The jokiness oh, wow. with the marion and they also do like um I saw this clip where they were running around like they were a marionette walking <laughs> and it was just fantastically funny. So I think it became like ironically funny to like Thunderbirds. Oh God. F A B. F A B. T C B Yeah, Terrahawk's not good. Um that God, what else did they do after that? Um because really it was just him at that point. Yeah, it was it's more or less like they're they're trying to revive certain series and you know they they did try to revive you know the new captain scarlet and they did the live action thunderbirds and yeah but i but i think again now we really have to say the best homage to it was parker and stone of south park fames uh team america world well i don't know i think another great homage is dire straits and they're calling elvis video that's true that's true (laughs) dire straits is known for their uh mtv video that one right I want my MTV or whatever, yeah. which is Sting singing that. Did you know right. that? Yeah. Uh, Sting. Yeah. Sting-a-ding. <laughs> Sting-a-ling-a-ding. Oh, yeah. Gordon Sumner. Yeah, <laughs> the, the Ace Face. The Ace Face. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sting-a-ling-a-ding-ing. <laughs> that, was, that was so goddamn funny because he was looking like so pissed yeah. and so British. Mm-hmm. And that guy was like, Sting. Sting-a-rama. <laughs> yeah. I, I recently found out that's Rob Schneider. I recently found out Rob Schneider is an anti-vaxxer. Yeah. Really? Yeah, some douchebag Hollywood guy. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Really annoyed with him. You mean anti-vaccines? Yeah, like Jenny McCarthy. Yeah, anti-vaccines because okay. they're going to make people retarded and cause autisms <sighs> and other uh, nonsense. Yeah. Yes, unproven non-science. Great, wonderful, awesome. Anyway, he's like another Victoria, another great cast member, Victoria Jackson from Saturday Night Live, became a very rabid, like, ukulele-playing, like, completely rabid Republican. Have you seen the latest ukulele video she did? 
No. I, no. I watch these just to be oh like, my God. yeah, it's like a shock and awe campaign for my brain. It's like, okay, brain, watch this. Oh. Check this out. Victoria Jackson over the bend. And she's playing ukulele about how, you know, uh, Obama's an, a communist in the White House and wow. going to like turn all the United States into Soviet Russia. It's it's really unbelievable over the band. You know, it's amazing. <laughs> Hollywood always gets this reputation as being, you know, this, you know, liberal hive and 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 it's not it's not really justified because Hollywood has always had a pretty strong right-wing contingent. Mm-hmm. You know, over the years there's been a yeah. lot of people like one of them that I always thought was fascinating was um Buddy Ebsen. Yeah. Uh was, you know, Jed Clampett was super yeah, yeah, super conservative. Was. In he fact, was. Jane Hathaway, the the woman who played Jane Hathaway, ran for office, and the opposition actually got Jed Clampett to, or Buddy Ebsen to to diss her and all these like yeah. you know really hateful ads and everything. So, wow. so I, I mean like yeah. I can't really watch a Beverly Hillbilly. Well, I never fucking could, but. Oh, I could. I watched yeah, way I too many of those. All right, let's let's, yeah. it's, it's let's just drag it all out. We'll watch, okay, I'll fine. watch anything if it's on a television. Yeah, I looked at when Jethro yeah. was a double knot spy. I swear to God. Yeah. We, only, we only had like four channels. I know. I know. That's the best you could get. You know, the thing that I always loved about Beverly Hillbillies, which was always kind of bizarre, but it was like... Hey, inc- I, I want my a, MTV, Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> oh, my God. Like the incidental music that they would play, so... so you know, they, they'd be in there being all hillbilly and shit. And then all of a sudden there, there's this camera that would go out in front of their mansion and some, like, you know, brand new convertible would come up and it would be someone from the outside normal right. world. And uh-huh. they'd always play this dee 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 bling dee dee And it would be, you know, like, you know, Dash Rip Rock or Jane Hathaway or Mr. Drysdale. Yeah. Mr. Drysdale. I actually saw him. For a while, uh, Turner Classic Movies was running the 1940 Green Hornet serial, and I'm a fucking huge Green Hornet fan. And mm. so I was watching this, and it was it was great. They had Key Luke as Cato. It, it was really very cool. Anyways, they had an episode where they had Mr. Drysdale, and so this is like, you no know, 1940. And obviously, uh-huh. you know, his hair is darker and, and the suits are a little bit older cut and everything. But he looked the same. Yeah. He was like, wow. oh, my God, it's Mr. Drysdale in the Green Hornet <laughs> episode. This makes no sense to me. It's like it's like the first time you ever saw Alan Hale Sr. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, and he's thinking Hale. like, what his the name. hell? It's a doppelganger. <laughs> How old is the skipper? <laughs> How can he be with Errol Flynn? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, they're mirror image, those guys. Oh, yeah. They're just, mm-hmm. I mean, some fathers and sons are like clones. Yeah. And that's oh, yeah. always kind of a little disturbing. <laughs> it's, it's a, little a little off disturbing. putting, like, no genetic material You're my from twin, mom at only all. 40 years different. <laughs> <laughs> One of us went to space and came back. <laughs> hey, gentlemen, would you like to do mailbag? Hey, if you have a Jerry Anderson series, or you have Jerry Anderson memories, or just some information, trivia, whatever, or you're, or you're just your thoughts. Please let us know at feedback at tankriot.com. Yeah, because that's I mean, right. beyond that, there's just like Space Patrol and then, or Space Precinct. And yeah, that's He, he did that, a lot yeah. of, he got more Muppety and worse. And then, yeah. and then there were some digital things. Right. We're not missing these things. We're skimming these yeah. things. I mean, a lot, of people think, a, a lot of people think we're missing a lot of work. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we weren't missing a lot of work. Because we don't want the episode to be six hours long. I wouldn't say right. I was missing it. Plus, yeah. <laughs> But uh, common misconception. 
one thing we talk about how on the, uh, the Thunderbirds, they never walk. They're always in a moving chair or something right, like right, that. Right, But in uh, Team America, World Police. Oh, my God. They had them walking, and it was yeah. just hilarious. It's just terrible. <laughs> you know, you know my favorite and... part was when they were having to say, well, team, another great mission. Let's party. <laughs> and yeah. They're playing like Steppenwolf, Martin Magic Carpet Ride. Yeah. And they're all dancing. <laughs> yeah. That was I well, love that so much. Well, I like how the they have their Tracy, the lead father character, who's oh. in his in his thing with intelligence, which yeah. is an acronym. Yeah. For acronym. God knows bad what. Intelligence. No, bad yeah. intelligence. But he's always in that moving chair that's always just moving, like anywhere yeah. randomly around the room. He's always just moving. Gary has the kind of dedication it takes to put another man's cock in his mouth. How do you do that, Gary? To to make everyone care so much. I you know I bought the soundtrack to that almost immediately because I'm a huge soundtrack. Oh yeah, I've fan, got but... that too. America, yeah, fuck, fuck yeah. that. But then also that. What would you do? Yeah, <laughs> what would you do? That's dollar ninety eight. Whatever it is. <laughs> what is freedom? Oh my worth? god, that movie is brilliant, start yeah, to finish. Yeah, it, it really, really is. Really is. Uh-huh. There's so much there. <laughs> yeah, they lampoon everybody, but you know, to be to be fair, I mean, the movie doesn't like <laughs> holds no prisoners. No one is treated no, nicely. Nobody's a sacred and cow. I, I guess Sean Penn is so pissed off. That he sent a letter to the guys about like how he you know he's like a yeah. sincerely fuck you Sean Penn you know he's just <laughs> mad about how he's treated in the movie but other people like um Matt Damon Matt Damon that's <laughs> <And, and so, laughs> all he said Matt, Matt Damon they thought yeah. they thought that the puppet would be Matt they would do a Matt Damon voice but they looked at the puppet and it looked so stupid. That they decided at that point, from now on, that's all the puppet's going to say is Matt, Matt Damon. Damon. <laughs> and so, and Matt Damon is a fan of the guys. So, you know, he's been on South Park. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it, he wasn't offended. I don't think Clooney was either. Because, I mean, no. Clooney was the dog. Alec Baldwin wasn't. Yeah. Alec yeah, and, Baldwin. And he had the greatest actor ever. Alec Baldwin. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that movie. I might have to watch that again now. I know. Just because we talked about it. Take that hot blitz! (laughs) (laughs) I love the Kim Jong Il voice. It's awesome. (laughs) There's, there's that 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 movie is just. I mean, God, the first time I saw a preview for that, I just was like, oh, (laughs) counting the days. Oh yeah, (laughs) that is fantastic. Okay, all right. Anyways, let's Uh, let's go to mailbag. Right. Let's do it live. All right. Uh, I'd like to start off with one uh, email we got from John. And he said, uh, hey, guys, just finished listening to episode 127, Motorcycle Movies. And I'm not sure. I have to listen again. But you didn't mention World's Fastest Indian. Yes, in fact, we did mention <laughs> it. And we did a whole podcast yes. on it. So. Yeah. <laughs> episode 14. Yes. <laughs> so, that was a tank ride outing. We all saw the movie together. Yes. And we did an entire show on it. Yes. Guys, I'm not sure we might be being trolled here. I'm really not sure if this yes. is a troll. So please to enjoy most premium <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. should do one on Troll Tour, The Room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe or, or Jerry Lewis. Maybe in Jerry Lewis. I podcast. don't know. It might be up your alley. <clears throat> we got a lot of we got a lot of email about the motorcycle movies. Yes. Now, mind you, everyone. Apparently, the fifth Beatle almost had 
an epileptic spasm at cinema-suicide.com <laughs> because we did not mention a few films that he's a giant fan of. Oh, go. And, and well, go to his website and check them out. These are all great listings like uh The Pink Angels, there's well, Werewolves on Motorcycles, there's other other films Oh, Werewolves on Motorcycles is good. <laughs> right. So uh, what I'm going to say is... He's really just making them up. Or did you just take the words angels and werewolves? And <laughs> I actually just I think I did mention... Didn't yeah. I mention yeah. werewolves? No, I don't think you did in the podcast. Oh, okay. And that's the okay. thing that's interesting to us, too, is because we are just three guys, and we're always just working this from memory, so we're not like going to know every goddamn motorcycle movie oh. that's in the history of motorcycle well, movies. And we don't mention everything because we just plain can't, but it's the start of a dialogue. So yeah, when people right. send us information back... Then we can, you know, talk about those as well. Yeah, but, but we we welcome the feedback. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. I mean, go the, to his website and check out these films that he's recommending. He does mention that we gave we did give really short shrift to Mad Max, but we acknowledged it because it's fucking fantastic. But yeah. every other movie on his list are movies that I have not even seen. So now True. they're movies I can go check out. So I mean, if yeah. we don't mention your favorite movie and you tell us about it. It just really inspires us to go check it out. Like Adam sent us an email saying that uh, the best Aussie bike movie is really this movie called Stone. Right. A lot of people emailed us about this movie. We did actually give very short shrift to the Aussie movies. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the the biker culture in Australia is awe-inspiring just because well, they of the, have these frontiers yeah and these huge huge highways so i mean a short yeah. ride for... the fact they're all upside down is kind of confusing to us but... <laughs> and the and the <laughs> toilet water goes around the other way yeah i would go to australia just to fucking see that yeah <laughs> i've been to australia flush <laughs> and now i'm gone i gotta make my flight yeah <laughs> but but it's true i mean uh biker culture i think i did mention mm. that that when uh i went to uh the harley Davidson plan on Juno Avenue in, in Milwaukee. Right. You did. There was a whole bunch of bike bikers. There, there was a whole bunch of Aussie bikers. And these guys were, I mean, they had pictures of their bikes and talked about it. You know, I mean, these things were just, you know, fully blown uh, <laughs> bikes that they're just like blasting down these long strips of highway. I mean, a short ride for these guys would be like a thousand miles. You know right. I mean, they, they do big rides. So, yeah, there's a lot of really – hell, we could have done a whole podcast just on Aussie biker movies, really. Right. But, you know, the fact that I haven't seen that one, yeah, it was a blind spot. And, man, I'll check it out. So, yeah. you know, I appreciate I don't think know, we people did... pointing it out to us. I don't know if we gave short shrift to Mad Max. I mean, it, it's just that. I mean, I, I think guess... our focus was on the beginnings and what biker movies were in the seventies, and right. and like that. That's where it was, and then here's where it ended up, and it ended up in a lot of weird, disparate places. Like Mad Max is not yeah. exactly, you know, we we mentioned Mad Max more in our, our post apocalypse. You know, episode. I think that's true, but I, I think and Mad Max is even pre-apocalypse, right? I, I think as far as the you know Mad Max goes, and a lot of the the Aussie. I mean, there's uh, some really great documentaries about the Aussie films that came out through the '70s and the '80s that were you know really great films that didn't get as much attention in America as they should have. And I think that Mad Max and a lot of these Aussie biker movies were a better extension or let's say a a better place to go because a lot of the biker movies of the 50s and 60s and some of the early 70s in America really just centered around the Hells Angels and and it it got to be kind of stale. Right, right. You know, where they took it to a different place. And I, I think it was a good place. Well, a lot of people also mentioned that we, you know, could have mentioned Akira. 
oh, in, yeah. in the biker movie. I mean, totally. I'm a huge fan of Akira. I love Akira. But there's so much more going on in Akira than just the bikes. I mean, I love the bikes in Akira, but I, I didn't. I didn't. It didn't trigger in my mind. It wasn't really as a biker bikes. film. You, no, not really. But but you know, if you think about it, it's it's all about this motorcycle gang fighting off clown motorcycle gangs. Very true. It's Very like true. warriors on motorcycles, and then all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose with telekinesis <laughs> and crazy powers and right. craziness. But yeah, you're right. We could have mentioned Toshiro. It. <laughs> Toshiro. <laughs> yeah, great one. Ah, uh, Tor, go ahead. Peter writes. That there is a bunch of kind of magician films coming out in the next few years, but there will be a, a biopic about Harry Houdini. This has been in the work for, for a number of years, but uh, that's something we can look forward to. If done well, that could be really an interesting movie. Yeah. Yeah. Anything on a Houdini and yeah. it might get into the whether or not he was a spy and stuff like that. So... Um, Pretty cool stuff. I just don't want to see a complete fictionalization. I'd rather just be, you know, cool and about Houdini. Yeah. 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 I mean, because the man's life was so fascinating. Right. I mean, you, you really don't have to embellish it and make it all mystical like right. some of those movies. That, I like that biopics recently... that are real, you know, not yeah. biopics that are like, yeah. hey, let's, let's, let's adjust some facts a little bit and stretch it out and make it more interesting. <laughs> he was born on Mars. He's an alien. Yeah. Like, no, 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 I mean, the guy's fascinating just in and of himself. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and there's, and there's so many interesting facts that, I mean, people always show kind of the same pictures and, and, uh, you know, he broke out of these handcuffs or he had this water torture trick and and so on but the man's personal life was i mean like the, the one in australia where you know flew the plane and everything and right. we had that listener who wrote in about that that was that's fascinating stuff that mm-hmm. all should be in a biopic which would be much better than anything you could make that's like you say he's from mars or mm-hmm. he, he's actually right. an alien right yeah uh i have one from greg who's um who lives in san rafael california and he uh, said that the, this is uh, to do with our uh, Frank Lloyd Wright episode, uh, podcast. And he said that the Marin County Civic Center celebrated its 50th anniversary. And uh, he sent along an attachment in the newspaper article. It's a national landmark known for Wright's trademark organic architectural elements and the embrace of the local environment. It was one of his last commissions. He said the adjoining park grounds and theater carry the center's design and since the sheriff's lockup is in the facility that you will sometimes hear locals saying they spent the night in the blue roof in. <laughs> and uh, it's actually a beautiful picture, too. And he said because of the futuristic look of the center, it was used in George Lucas's first film, THX 1138. Which is fantastic. It's a great film. I love that movie. Yeah. Absolutely. And the 1997 sci-fi drama Gattaca. Mm-hmm. which is also very good. I, I enjoyed that film as well. That's super cool. Hmm. So uh, thank you very cool. much. For Wasn't Harvey Keitel in that? Was he in uh, THX? Mm. Uh, I just I just remember Robert yeah. Duvall yeah, really yeah, more than anything. So. I don't think so. And then, of course, THX 1138 was the license plate on the Hot Rodders. Right, right, in American Graffiti. Yeah. You know, I remember... Um, 
you know, thinking of Lou Grade and thinking about uh, the, their whole production company and the stuff they did, they were also responsible for um, Saturn Three. Do you remember that movie? Yes, I love that movie, but it got ripped. You know, it, it didn't. Kirk- it was not a critical success. Douglas. And that had uh, Kirk Douglas and Farrah Fawcett, Farrah right? Farrah Fawcett, yes. And, um, and uh, Harvey Keitel played Hector, right? Who comes and breaks up their idyllic oh. place, and and uh, yeah, that that's got a crazy robot. I love that movie. There's, I mean, there are some movies, sci-fi movies that from that period of time that are so cheesy, you kind of love them. Mm-hmm. Like another one is Outlander. Yeah, I love Outlander too. Yeah. You know where you know it's just Sean Connery. Sean Connery. It's like high <laughs> noon in space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I should it's, rewatch that one. I'm curious yeah. if that holds up, you know? Yeah, oh, sure. Well, <laughs> it's got Sean Connery, so why wouldn't it? It's got to hold up. <laughs> Pussy galore. <laughs> <laughs> we got an email from Patrick who um, also mentioned another movie, which I'm pretty sure made it into our zombie um, episode, okay. uh, Wild Zero, as a motorcycle film. And he thought it should have been in a motorcycle film, and other people did as well. So I just wanted to mention... Yes, I'm a huge fan of Wild Zero. It is an awesome Japanese rock and roll comedy zombie motorcycle movie. Everyone should watch that movie if you haven't seen it. Go ahead, Tor. Uh, we've got an email from um, Matthew Sanborn Smith. Yes, Beware the Hairy Mango. <laughs> and uh, apparently, he, The he, Hairy Mango is a very short podcast, unlike ours. So if you need something sh- short and awesome to listen to, Listen to that one. Yeah, I got to check that out. I, it's obviously Victor's listened to it and likes it. Uh, but he, he started uh, listening to the show and he thought to himself, oh, I got I to email him. They're never going to mention Night Riders. <laughs> so I'll just email him now. How could you not mention Night Riders? But he listened to the show and, and it turns out Sputnik mentioned it early. He mentioned it twice. And, uh, but then he said, uh, so all I've got left is, how could you not mention Grease too? <laughs> I know, and that, and that was like really. I, I uh, ooh, I'm a little uncomfortable with that. Well, dude, we mentioned Grease one in this podcast accidentally, yeah. so I mean, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know I've, if I've seen. I don't think I've seen Grease. I, oh, oh, I yeah, saw don't. Grease two, and I'm not proud uh, of that. Don't. Oh. I think I had the flu. watch Xanadu instead. <laughs> Xanadu oh, rocks. <laughs> I don't know actually if I've seen the movie, but I like the music. Oh, well, you should see the Olivia movie. Newton John. Yeah. You know, I was driving. Roller the... skating on clouds and crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. Juicy 60s disco. I, I was stuff. in the car the other day and uh, I don't know, not finding the right tunes on the radio. Hit a button. Olivia Newton John. Oh, cool. We're cruising now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking of that, you know, when, when, you, when you're in a car. And something comes on that you haven't heard in a long time. It's yeah. odd how you can react to it. Yeah. Like, um, so I'm, I'm driving along and it's like, here's one from the, you know, the soundtrack vault. And it was uh, Day by Day from Godspell. Oh, my God. I know. Wow. And day was, by day. Oh, man. Things I pray. That like, is scary. Oh, my wow. God. <laughs> It's like I don't know if I can make it through a Godspell song. That'd be hard. I know, but it was so weird. It's like I was like, I couldn't turn my eyes would have to be open. <laughs> it's like, uh, <laughs> no. yeah. make it stop. Holy cow! You know, I've been listening to my iPod, uh, actually, with my iPhone a lot. And the new thing that I'm doing is kind of like the new radio. Is uh, I, I let it go on random, and I just hit play. Sure. And it'll just randomly pick a song out of my library. I've never done that before until recently. 
And it's kind of fun because it's it almost is. like having my own radio station blast random stuff at me. True. It surprises me sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah me too. Actually, yeah, put throwing it like, on shuffle. I have or... that in my library. <laughs> I didn't even know that was there. <laughs> I am shocked. And all of a sudden, I'm like, day by day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do have the Thunderbirds theme on my iPod, and I did. I have done oh, that. Oh, that would be fantastic. <laughs> I was I was trying to think of some of the shit that it was playing, and it, it does seem really random. And I, I can't remember what the song was before that, but then it went right into Thunderbirds Arco. You know, there's also a They Might Be Giants album, Apollo 18, oh. where they, they made a they made a track called Fingertips, which is like 25 tracks of right. uh, short, short blurbs. And then what they intended was when you put a disc changer in on random, it would grab one of these little jingles, which is something <laughs> like, you know, what's that blue thing yeah. doing here? <laughs> And that would be the whole song. So all of a sudden you'd be listening to The Who and, you know, here's some Zeppelin. Shit. And then all of a sudden, what's that blue thing doing here? And then back to something else. And they thought, well, that'll, be, that'll change people up a little bit. I, it's funny you should say that because I was um, – w- it was flipping through and it played something from uh, Flood. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was uh, Particle Man. Yeah. And I hadn't heard it in so long, and I just started laughing. It's I was like, crazy Particle song. Man, Particle, particle Man, man does yeah. whatever a particle can. <laughs> yeah. I got into them on Flood. Flood was the album I bought on, on CD, and I, I I brought it to my brother's apartment, and just we were in college and played it, and we are like, you know, we're used to listening to punk rock and stuff like that. Sure. This album was the weirdest thing I'd ever heard. And yeah, my instant reaction was just to laugh. But then all of a sudden I was hooked on it, and I just loved. Oh God. I loved. They might be giants from that point. When you when you mentioned punk, I, I just have to put this in. So you know, I was driving past the Coliseum. I, it has some corporate name now, corporate sponsor name, but it's always going to be the Coliseum. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the Kotex Sanitary right. Auditorium, <laughs> and uh, and they had this you know huge huge. Uh, electric sign, you know, just keeps, you know, billboard, it keeps playing. And it's a, coming to, you know, Green Day. And it's, Green Day puckers my ass. Yeah. <laughs> just because to me, punk is always going to be the Buzzcocks, the Slits, the Misfits, right. uh, you know, the Pistols, the Clash. But they're not playing music anymore. Yeah, I know. And it's, it's just like Green Day to me was always this, like, yeah, you're kind of. Well, late to the party, but kid friendly punk. I don't know. I, you're right. You're right. But I always. So Green Day is punk. Well, supposedly, uh, okay. but nah. I don't know that I ever really bought that they were punk. But I did are they like more them. grunge? I mean, or, I didn't love I them, know. but I did uh, like them. And and when they came out with like that American Idiot, I was like, okay, well, you guys are making good music, and okay, you know, I don't know. You gave more slack it. than I did. I well, think, I mean, but... I also listened to like Blink One Eighty Two even in the day, like when their first album came out. My brother got me that, and okay, I was like, "Fuck, this is cool." You know, I, but... I wouldn't really call Blink One Eighty Two punk. Well, though. but that's the thing. I think punk was punk. I mean, we should do a whole show on punk, but like we these, should. these we new really bands should. are these new bands are different. And when when they were around, it was like a revival scene yeah. where it was like folk revival you know as it happens you know it's just it's not really punk <laughs> i heard they plugged in <laughs> so so we need a, a new term like nouveau punk pro yeah proto <laughs> post-punk punk no, yeah. something like that yeah, yeah. Oh, so me. we also got an email from uh p.e froning who uh did this fantastic artwork where he took the tank riot images of us, as imagined by Jeremy Couturier, and <laughs> oh, made, yeah. made uh, 
a nice long wide panel illustration of Victor Sputnik and Tor on motorcycles with the phrase the glory stompers on the left hand side. I love that side. one. I would get nice. that Holy crap. Yeah, that is beautiful. That is fantastic. If if you're on Facebook, that is our Facebook page. You want to see it? Just give it Has Tor not seen it yet? <laughs> Apparently Tor's, Tor's motioning to There's me. There's been gesturing. That he has not seen this. I, there was a lot of wild gesturing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I thought there might be a bug on me. I'm, a little, behi- I'm a little behind on reading. hasn't seen the image. I really I thought I was being attacked. I'm a little behind on reading emails. It's a fantastic no, this is really cool. illustration. So if you're on Facebook, yeah. like us on Facebook. Uh, the Fifth Beetle uh, is running a Facebook page until he gets so frustrated with us not covering topics well <laughs> for now he's with us and and doing the facebook page and he's got this as the banner it is truly an awesome picture thank you very much PD, yes, for that yeah, we really right. appreciate yeah. that that's cool i have one from uh Jarneau, who's a french listener of our show and he was uh writing in about the the motorcycle podcast he's not our cheese eating surrender monkey french <laughs> listener is he no i don't believe so because <laughs> that is one of my favorite listeners he wanted to to mention a movie that he saw with his dad who really, you know, gave him a, a passion for motorcycles. And it was made in 74, and it's all about the Continental Circus, the way Motorcycle Grand Prix, that's what Motorcycle Grand Prix was called back, you know, back in the day. And it's it's a really great documentary. And he he gives us a, a, a clip of it. And it's... Uh, it's it's really it's I I would love to check it out. I would love to know more about that. I I think that would really be great. I I think that there's um I think there's a really great bike and scooter scene in Europe that that I I don't think Americans can really appreciate as yeah. much. I mean, we talked about Quadrophenia and I think that that's a a really good avenue to it. Right. But there's I mean, there's a lot of really great European motorcycles and places to go and and ride. Yeah. And, I mean, in, in in the United States, you go from state to state. In Europe, you go from country to country, and absolutely, yeah, adds a new twist. I think it yeah. does. I mean, because I mean, you know, in in Europe, you it's you know smaller landmass than America, but then then you have Australia, which is just you know, I mean, there's this, this rugged, rugged desert, and I mean, you 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 have the coastline, which is you know, pretty habitable and that's where most of the population is. But then there's this huge interior and they have these beautiful, gorgeous, well-maintained highways that just run all through it. I mean, I I can't imagine any environment that would be better for motorcycling. I really can't. I mean, frankly, if I went to Australia, that's what I would want to do is rent a bike and just go. Yeah. You know, I mean. Australia... I love you guys, but you scare me so much because everything in Australia will kill me. And there's spiders, there's scorpions, there's snakes. Like people put their shoes on and as they're putting their foot in their shoe, they die from a spider bite. That kind of stuff really scares me. Wow. (laughs) There there is a lot of of, of pretty scary shit. Everything's scarier in Australia, man. I mean, I'll go there. I love to go there, but yeah, it's a scary place. It is. I mean, that's true. I mean, when you think of it, you just think of that, you know, really harsh outback and all of the things that are there that have been there for millions of years, almost relatively unchanged. So, yeah, I mean, it does. But I mean, I I would still love to see it. There's just so many things that I would love to see in Australia. I would rather. Yeah, I would. To be honest with you, I I would much rather go to Australia than New Zealand. I know New Zealand's gotten a lot of 
I mean, no, I mean, not that I wouldn't want to go to New Zealand, but I, I mean, I think it's gotten a lot more attention because of the Lord of the Rings, you know, Peter Jackson filming it all there and everything. But desert to me is always much more attractive than and, rolling and that, countryside. That's, I think, a, some people prefer desert and some people prefer exactly yeah, so. New Zealand. I mean, type, I, yeah. I love desert. If if there's one yeah. thing I would do, I mean, I, I wouldn't like go around the world or anything. I would go to every major desert on the planet. You know, I would I would love to see the Gobi Desert. I mean, that's that's one of those would ancient, you con- ancient deserts. Consider relocating to Tatooine. I would. I totally yeah. would. I mean, I would have never left there. It's like I'll work on the fucking condensers. You yeah, know, go be a Jedi, you horse's ass. <laughs> and, and you know, you know, my my favorite character, of course. I mean, it's like the one one of the few high points of Phantom Menace was. Yeah. Um, the 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 flying that little insect guy. Yeah, or, I loved yeah. him. Your Jedi mind tricks do not work on the flying yeah. racial slur. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was kind of, you know, but <laughs> he was just I loved him. He was just uh-huh. like hard cheese and never really landing anywhere, but he had slaves and he had you know, he was working on I mean not that that's cool, but just that um you know, he had a he had a junkyard out in a desert is like that would be great. <laughs> in the desert. <laughs> Lowered expectations. <laughs> well, okay, got... well, it's it's Evan for me. Oh yeah, I'm <laughs> down with it. We've got an email from Scott, and it's real simple. He said, "British undead biker movie, Psychomania." Yeah, and, and uh, I haven't even seen that movie. I haven't so seen that one either, but yeah, we've got a few we'll emails to like check this them that out. Are yeah. like, okay, this is awesome. I'll check it out. Yeah. We also got one from, um, well, the one I'll mention now is we got this email from uh, David who points out that uh, there's another movie to add to our list is the documentary of Wisconsin legends John Gregory and T.C. Christensen and their famous dual engine Norton dragster, The Hog Slayer. The most successful drag racing motorcycle of the 1970s. And then he sent wow. us the uh, promo trailer for Hog Slayer, the unapproachable legend. So, I mean, hey, th- this looks badass. So, wow. Wow. Yeah. 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 I wonder. Cool. I, mean, I remember the 70s. It was all about Dick Trickle. I never heard about the Hog Slayer. But... Dick Trickle. <laughs> Yeah, Dick Trickle. No, seriously, he's he's a yeah, he's a Wisconsin racing legend. Nobody should be named Dick well, Trickle. Oh shit! But I mean, you know, he made him work that much harder. I'm hey, sure. Hey, I, I was a living boy in the Rapids. Sue, you know, fuck, I know. <laughs> living in Rapids at the time, we respected Dick Trickle. Absolutely, it was always exciting when you laugh. when you saw Dick Trickle's car go by on the like trailer. You know, purple ninety nine. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Naming your kid genital warts. I mean, I, well, it, just, I know. it just doesn't work. I, mean, I grant you. Okay, but okay. I was, I was listening to the radio today, and that, and then, and they said, uh, and and now here's Christine Horny, and I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> Horny? Oh God! Well, at least it's not me. So, yeah. so you know, we were, t- we were talking, you know, briefly about James Bond. I I I bought one time. On a whim, and I totally forgot that I had it. I have like the entire Mad Helm, Dean Martin is Mad Helm spy collection on DVD. So I was wow. pulling these out, and I forgot that Dean Martin, you know, Mad Helm character, his assistant's name was Lovey Craves It. 
Oh. <laughs> I know, That's I know. So and he's like constantly, all his spy gadgets are essentially like booze dispensers. <laughs> and he's like driving and he's just like honking out of a fifth bottle. And I think, yeah, drinking and driving, that's hilarious. <laughs> you know, it's a different time. <laughs> I wanted to mention one email that we got from who will be known as Mr. Panda. <laughs> so Mr. Panda wrote us. I don't know if you've seen Syphil and Ollie, but there's a Syphil and Ollie reference there. But Mr. Panda wrote us a long, long, detailed, wonderful email that thank you for that. I really appreciate it. A lot of lot of great information in there. The only thing I really want to respond to it on the air is uh, he mentioned geocaching and that geocaching might be something that we might find of interest. And in. right. And I'm a huge geocacher. And I did not know y- that. Yeah, I actually am. And and I it, it's hard to do with anything like an iPhone because. The proximity is not as good as a real GPS. Like my Garmin works really well. Right. Um, but I love geocaching. Geocaching is a sport where people will hide some things and you have to get permission sometimes. And uh, you can put them on public lands, but it's usually like a military arm, like an ammo box or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, where they put things in it, like little trinkets. Uh, those are my favorite. I don't like nanos. I don't like when it's just a film case right. that you just find and write your name on it. I don't like those, but I yeah. do those as well. Although my sometimes are the trinkets. Sometimes they bring you to a location that you'd never go to exactly, otherwise. Exactly. And you're like, wow, this is pretty cool. Exactly. You know? oh, yeah. And cool. that's why I do any of them. Yeah. But I, I love, uh, especially the Viking princess, she likes to go and go find a trinket and leave a trinket. So she likes the, you know, take one, get one kind of thing oh, about a nice. meaning, you know, non-monetary little toy. Uh, but yeah, I love geocaching. I we've never really talked about it. But yeah, yeah thanks for the email and yeah, go geocaching. It's really yeah, fun. I've done it as well. I I actually kind of a, I've have other geocachers in my extended family, and uh, so when they go geocaching, then I I tag along. I let them do all the hard stuff with the figuring out the numbers and everything. You know what? I've always wanted to leave my own geocache, but I never have because you always have to get permission and, and then you have to leave it in a certain place and you can't do this and you can't do that. Oh, okay. You know what I'm thinking? Maybe I will leave a geocache somewhere in the Madison area as Victor from Tank Riot, claim no responsibility, not tell anyone except for people listening to this podcast. Hey, there you it go. will not be on a website. It will not appear anywhere, but if you listen to the show – you will know where that where That's that geocache idea. is. It'll be a secret geocache. I found some really cool ones in town that are fun. I'm going to mull on that, and maybe we'll have some announcements. Yeah, right. sounds very good. Uh, I have a great one from Mark. Uh, he said that uh, in a recent show, you talked about the Avengers movie and the awesome cameo by Harry Dean Stanton. But you didn't mention three other cameos, which I found even cooler. <laughs> Jerry Ag- uh, Jenny Agutter of Getting Her Boobs Out in American Werewolf fame was on the evil badly lit security council. Oh, my God. Yeah, I didn't catch that at all. No, I didn't. The The other cage face leader of the low-rent Skrulls was played by Alexis Desinoff, also known as the replacement watcher from Buffy, wow. which I do know that one. I I really got sucked into Buffy. Yeah. <laughs> and best of all, the voice of the Hulk was provided uncredited by Lou Ferrigno. Fantastic. Yeah. That's, so thank you very much, Mark. Those are all very good points. Incredible Hulk with 
Notation details. <laughs> you know, I just, I got the DVD for the Avengers. Fuck Marvel. I'm really upset with them and the stupid studio that put this DVD out because it has nothing on it, really. Um, they have a gag reel and things like that. It's only on the Blu-ray. So you have to get the Blu-ray and pay extra. And I was like, no, I'm not paying $60 for some kind of bound thing. I just want the DVD. And thank you, a gag reel wouldn't have cost you that much to put on the DVD. But anyway, love the movie. I don't like when they give you a DVD with not a lot on it. Yeah, the the Blu-ray should be about getting your higher definition. It should be just about definition. Yeah, you get better definition, sound, and video. But... Yeah, they both formats should, have all, be the, exclusive. should have all the stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So the last email I want to talk about today is this really crazy email we got from Chris. So Chris asked Tank Riot a question, and I don't think Tank Riot has an answer for this question. Okay. I want to throw this to our listeners. So Chris is a new fan of the show and, and likes the show. And I, I love getting emails that are just like, hey, I like you guys. You're great. Because it just makes me realize... It's okay to do this podcasting thing. But the reason he was writing was we make a lot of references to martial arts movies, and we do, and we know a lot of these martial arts movies. But he's been trying to find out the name of an American martial arts movie from what he thinks is around the 1970s. He can't say for certain that it's an American movie, but, you know, it could be a dubbed film. And he can't remember the beginning, but a fighter's master is either beaten or killed by a gang of bad guys at the behest of the master, the fighter goes on a recruiting effort to find a handful of people to go on a mission of vengeance. He chooses a bunch of masters, four others, who agree to go against the insurmountable number of foes that the main character can make his way out to the master of the bad guys and beat him. So the reason he thinks you might know the name of this generic premise is that uh, one of the guys he recruits looks really poor like a hippie and lives in a trailer. Thinks he wears a white jumpsuit, too, and catches flies with a chopstick. Another recruitee is a woman with long blonde hair. Another is a black fighter. And for the finale, they end up fighting on a commercial work site. And at least some of them end up fighting in a warehouse. The good guy, he thinks, gets injured during the brawl and has to fight the bad guy with an injury. And, of course, they win. So he's just curious if we knew the answer. I didn't know the answer, but I thought, hey, fans... Maybe one of you guys has seen this, but you know, he says we've mentioned Star Blazers and a bunch of other stuff like this. Yes, I mean, we're into all this. And then he ended the message with, Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Oh, nice. <laughs> I know how this feels to have a film that you just can't quite I know. find. This happened to me with a film I just really need to find it. And I threw it out to the listeners, and they found it for me. And I figured it out. It was this awesome horror movie from the 1980s that I needed to find mm-hmm. and rewatch. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on this, but you know, I mean, that the the premise of that could be almost Every. any seventies <laughs> martial arts movie. Although I would say that it it has a feel like it might have possibly been a Sonny Chiba film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sonny Chiba kind of did his own. Uh, all I can say is you you might try looking through some of his films. Okay, that well, that might possibly because there, there was. In the seventies, there was always like at least one. I mean, Sonny Chiba was black, but there was um, in the seventies there was always like at least one black martial artist in any you know gr- you know group of masters that were going to go fight. And that and he always usually had like an enormous natural, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean that that was in um, 
you know the 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 Bruce Lee movie, um, right? Yeah, with the basketball player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Will. Chamberlain. Oh, Will Chamberlain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not no, not. Um, I don't know. I don't remember not, the name of it. Off the top it of my was head. Uh, was Luel Cinder then became <laughs> son of a bitch. He was on <laughs> airplane. He the was basketball the, player. Yeah, you know what's the vector, Victor? <laughs> Will you tell your dad to shag his ass up and? T- <laughs> oh. Hospital, what is it? Kareem it's Abdul a place where people Jabbar. go sick. Yeah, Kareem Abdul Jabbar. You're right. Kareem Abdul Jabbar was also on an episode of Emergency. He was. Uh... <laughs> Are you watching Emergency on Me TV? God damn it. And if you haven't no, seen on, it, on Netflix. Robert Fulton. <laughs> Ray Mantooth. <laughs> Kareem Abdul Jabbar got. Uh, Stuck in his car because another car bumped. I'm sure it that happened quite a bit. And jammed the door, and he was too tall to get out the other side of the car. Did they have to get out the jaws of life? Because they almost invariably did. I think on that time they just jimmied the handle a bit. <laughs> Give me a butter knife. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's. Emergency is one of those weird shows that really has legs for some oh, reason. Oh yeah, and on this show it had legs. Yeah, but anyway. <laughs> nice. Oh my God! Well, good evening. This has been Tank Riot. It sure has. One more. I said oh, good day. No. I'm good. <laughs> I love the Kim Jong Il voice. It's awesome. Oh, the lady, home.